Hello there, and welcome to episode 64 of Unknown Regions Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me as always, with a crumble cookie, your other host, Colin. Yo. My son. So I forgot the my son yeah, part. True. <laughs> Where? Okay, I'm, gonna turn this up I'm thrown bit. off. Turn this up a little bit. Hello. Yeah, I'm good. I'm thrown off because my throat is trash. Mm. We had a false start because I actually could not speak. <laughs> had to make tea, emergency tea. True. Like actual tea, not, you know, quote unquote tea. Oh, yeah. Um, You're not going to eat that crumble cookie while we are talking Dude, about. Dude, you realize that people do eat on podcasts? <laughs> people do that. Not people that chew as loudly as you do, though. I mean, how loud can this also, be? Also, get a, no, 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 get a knife. Get a knife. You're not, you're going to regret that choice if you try to pick that up. I don't have a metal knife, though. <laughs> oh, no. I only have plastic knives. What do you knives. have? <laughs> Did I not give you silverware you when know, you moved actually, away? Yeah, I, I do. I just, I, I do. I just, I'm honestly not what sure. What the heck happened to I it? I don't know, dude. Whatever happened People here. just stole your silverware. Potentially. Wow. Okay, well, I guess you know you can still use a plastic knife though. Why can't I eat it like this? Cause it's so big. <laughs> it is big. He has a churro, oh a churro God. cookie, and it is magnificent. Let me just tell you. Um, but we are not here to talk about cookies. We are here to talk about the oh, Bad yeah. Batch. That's good stuff. Isn't it a good cookie? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, it's so good. It's better than an actual churro, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about the Bad Batch, and it's been a while, so we have three episodes to talk about. Episode four, Faster. Episode five, Entombed. And episode six, Tribe. Very nice. Just rank them. Oh. Rank them. Um, One to three. Where are you going? Somebody's office is going to hum. Oh, okay. Um, I like... I would say it's hard to rank though because they're all so different. Um, they are different. I think the second one out of the three. Entombed. Yeah. Yeah, you would like that one. I like that one a lot. <laughs> uh, the music in that is also sick. I'm not saying that. That's. I'm not making a judgment about that episode. I loved it too. I'm just saying you in particular. I mean, the music's good. The sounds good. The Zeffo's good. Zeffo's good. <laughs> I mean, everything's good. I liked it. I like right, the voice so acting that one. particularly. The animation was really cool. Oh, so pretty. Yeah, when they first arrive on the planet and how the landscape looks, it's like, dude, it's crazy good. Great, great, great. Um, Yeah, I mean, I can't can't put the racing one in front of the other one, so. Then don't. Yeah, so I would say, (laughs) I would say Entombed Tribe and then. Uh, Faster. Faster, yeah. I mean, I really liked Faster, though. It was honestly some of the funniest Star Wars I've seen. I, I don't I honestly don't remember the last time that I actually laughed. Like I I've laughed, but like actually because it was funny. You know yeah. what I mean? Laugh out loud. Yeah. Actually like I might laughing. have with like K two maybe in Rogue One, but other than that, like I don't remember the last time. Well, you know, Andor. Uh, a You're mad not a madcap farce. I yeah. would go so far to say. Yeah. Wait, yeah. What? <laughs> a madcap farce. What does that mean? Of. Ridiculous comedy. Is that you're joking? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Read, read the room. But I was thinking about that. and I was, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about Visions. I was thinking about all the sequels. It's like, nah, I, I genuinely have not laughed at something. I think since Rogue One, if even Rogue <clears throat> One included. 
Um, well. I mean, it's all that one actor, though. Since, whoever since, it is. Since we're already talking about Faster, why don't we just talk about Faster? Well, yeah. we. I mean, we're going to go in order, right? Yeah, we're going to go in order. I Okay, Faster was directed by Stuart Lee. Very pedigreed Star Wars animation guy. Nice. Clone Wars, Rebels, oh, directed yeah. Bad Batch before. Two of the three Mortis episodes. Respect. Respect. The World Between Worlds. Really? Yeah. He animated these? No, he directed them. Oh. Like, two out of the three Mortis episodes and The World Between Worlds. Yo, like, hold up. Come on. And now he's doing, like, full-on comedy. <laughs> Stop yourself. Huh? This cookie is fire, y'all. <laughs> it really is. Well, get them before they're gone because they change them on... There's a crumble cookie. Every Monday. You know there's a crumble cookie right down the street from here. No, I did not. It's right across from Insomnia. It's like competition now. Oh, they're going to go out of business. Probably. <laughs> Probably. The problem is that Insomnia... The people who work in Insomnia Cookies are like, they don't want to be there. You can kind of tell. They're... they're kind well, of... they're sleep deprived. They're up till 4 a.m. <laughs> no, they don't stay open that late anymore. They they close way... They are fake. They are fake now. They, they can't not... call themselves Insomnia Cookies and close before... They close at like 1 or 2 no. sometimes. It's oh, so come lame. On. It's so lame. They used to not do that. Yeah, but... I know. They used to, it didn't it used to be 24 hours almost? Mm-hmm. Not 24 hours, but... No, it was 24 hours. Was it? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, not, they... That's rough. I would know when I was when I was a neurocomp major, I was up very late, and I would get cookies sometimes. Um, I don't blame them for not wanting to be twenty four hour cookie baker. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. Remember you used to call it cookie the cookie baker. No, I don't remember <laughs> that. But I do. Who knew you'd go to the? It's also like on the worst street in Lincoln Park. Like there's so many like drunk it people. Is. Yeah, that's a, so it, I don't there's blame bars them. everywhere. But I guess yeah. that was the point. They figured they'd get the drunk people, which they probably did. But also. Who is gonna to want to work there? That'd be the worst job. Well, ever. also people who smoke. I think that I think that is their main. You think? Yeah, because because I you know you know how like everyone when you smoke like you always want like cookies or like something fattening no, like that. Maybe. I mean that's I'm pretty sure that's exactly the type of people that go there all the time. Okay, next funny. week on Cookie Talk. Cookie Talk, <laughs> dude. Honestly, Cookie Talk would be good. It would be good. Uh, but when Colin was little, we had this. Um, <sighs> bakery near Dude, near cookies. us and everything was homemade like everything never have i eaten a better frosted cookie i know than they from were, that place but he used to call it the cookie baker wasn't that called like le petite something well it's le petite marche oh yeah but yeah. before that it was something else and that was the oh cookie. that was the place you called the cookie baker okay well but, whatever it is but I le petite think... marche is good too well Okay, then I think I'm thinking about the other place. But I feel like it was the cookie. Like, when it was the cookie baker, that's all they had was cookies. Oh, and, like, pastries. So good, dude. I, I, yeah, I remember those, man. They're good. Okay, literally. Let's we go. gotta stop talking about cookies. Let's get rolling. <laughs> all right, the writer of Faster is Matt Mishnevitz. They should have spelled it, like, Faster without an E. Faster. That'd be kind of sick. Um, yeah. Who is... I think he's the show editor, like, for all of the episodes. Um, okay. But he... I don't know what my notes mean. Uh-oh. It says, it says the Clone Wars Bad Batch arc. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What? Aren't there episodes in Clone Wars with the Bad Batch? 
You're that right. You he that means he was involved with. You're right. Wow. You understand my ridiculous notes. Dude, I'm literally sleep deprived and I'm better than you. It was. Look it was. Where did we go? It was season seven, The Clone Wars, Bad Batch arc. Yep, that's probably what that meant. And then we're gonna. This is gonna come back around when we talk about Entombed. He wrote the story of Jedi Fallen Order. So. These fools. Yeah, it's a big. <laughs> it's a big what up for Entombed as far as that goes. Okay. Yo. So a couple of things I just want to mention about the title faster i think maybe this is an inside joke you know how carrie i think it was carrie fisher who first told people that george doesn't really talk to his actors very much like he doesn't really give a lot of direction well yeah i knew that i don't know if she said that but during star wars his favorite thing to say to the actors what was faster more intense like they would do a scene and he would be like that's fine, but faster and more intense. Oh, that's kind of an infamous really saying now. So I, I didn't know that. Wonder if that's a little bit of an inside joke. <laughs> okay, yeah, man, maybe. <clears throat> but in the because why would they call it that? Really, I mean, it's kind of. Like... I know that's what I'm saying. I think it was supposed to be kind of funny. Ah, uh, yeah, you're probably right. For those that, that know nice. that joke. Nice. Anyways, um, and in the grand tradition of George Lucas being obsessed with racing. Yeah. And Star Wars racing. Ah. Uh, we have a racing episode. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's a little, it's an homage to George, I think. A twofold homage to George. Um, but we start this episode on Ord Mantel. Oh my god, dude. What? Keep going, keep going, sorry. Okay. <laughs> With Omega and Wrecker, my personal favorite pairing of the Bad Batch. Omega and Wrecker together are my fave. They're, All right, pause. They're playing to Jark. What? Uh, you know that, um... <laughs> You know that, so now that you bring up that, like, this episode could be, like, an inside joke about Luke, uh, Lucas, uh-huh. I thought of something terrible. <laughs> I thought of something actually terrible. <laughs> um, hey, I want to mute my mic. <laughs> no, just say it. No, just no, 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 no. I can't. I don't, I don't want to say Mute your mic. Mute your mic real quick. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't say that. Like, no, that's he, crude, Because man. he didn't get hit by a car. Oh. <laughs> he crashed his car. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, just saying. saying. And there's a lot of car crashes in this oh episode. Oh, my God. Well, so. it is a racing episode, so you would expect as much. But, um, so Omega and Wrecker are playing to Jarek at Sid's place. Omega wins. Wrecker offers her double or nothing. That comes into play later, very nicely. Later on when Omega, like, um, tries to make a deal with Malegi mm-hmm. because she's trying to help Sid. That was her offer, double or nothing. So that she learned that from playing with Wrecker earlier in the episode. Yeah. It's just a tiny little detail that they put in there. But I really appreciate when they do things like that. They, they dot all the I's and they cross all the T's That's true. all the time. Yeah. That's in true. the writing of this show. I mean, they didn't have to do that, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. They really didn't. Um, <clears throat> and. <laughs> I love how we use that to justify every decision they make. They what? didn't have to do that. They didn't have to. <laughs> they could have just had her say double or nothing. Like, people right. know what that means. But 
Instead, they made a point to make sure she understood, like, oh, Wrecker ta- taught her that. Because she's a very smart kid. She's always picking up stuff from everybody that she interacts with. Yeah. That's part of her little character. The Okay, the comedy starts right away when we find out that basically Hunter and Tech are gone because they are delivering what amounts to frozen chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget what animal they use instead of chicken. Yeah. They're literally delivering... A bunch of, yeah. Okay, so um, so that should set the tone. Like, you should know right away. <laughs> this is Iconic. This is going to be a comedy episode, more yeah. or less. Um, so Sid comes out, and she's like, I need your help. I need you to come with me. There's going to be some ruffians about, and I need to make some uh, quick cash. So we're going to go to Safatoma and basically bet on the Bet on the ponies. Yeah. <laughs> bet, on the, bet on the races. Yeah. Um, just in case. Are you, Colin, are you up on your Latin um, root words? I mean, kind of. Do yeah. you remember what OMA, O-M-A, indicates? Soma. It's related, sounds like. Is it not related? Soma is slightly different. Okay. Um, but when you say, like, like, lymphoma for example oh uh yeah okay so like um doesn't it mean like whole like entire no no it means tumor (laughs) lymphoma is like cancer you've got well i know i didn't know it was that legit (laughs) that one-to-one and toma is is different but that means the stump Left behind after cutting. So mm. they should have known that a place called Safatoma was not gonna be not gonna be like a real safe place to go. It's That's either cool. a tumor or a stump or a stump of a tumor or something Yikes, like that. Yikes, dude. Um, okay, so we're getting a new kind of racing. Were you how pumped Colin loves <laughs> pod racing. I don't know if that's a secret. Do we I don't know if we talk about pod racing that much. But when he was little, that was all there was. Like it was a lot. It was all about the pod racing scene. So, were you especially pumped that there was new racing? Yeah, I mean it was pretty cool. I mean it was. Um, honestly, I kind of wish it was. I kind of wish it was weirder. If that makes sense. Because it wasn't that weird. Like it made you know it was like legit just a race thing. You know. I mean they they. It wasn't weird, I guess, but it was... Like, if something um, happened in it that was like, whoa, that's so It was, odd. like, urban racing. Yeah. Rather than... Oh, no, it was legit, like, actual, like... Like, you're playing, uh, what's that game? Uh, Tokyo Drift kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. tunnels and the freaking uh, Blade Runner ads running yeah. in the tunnels. I'm not really sure why they I mean, there. they were just going for an obvious trope, but, like, it is... Um, I mean, I was more excited about the fact that there was going to be, like, all these new sounds and stuff. Ugh. Yeah, I've got a lot Those were dope. written down about that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was cool. But this is called Riot Racing. It's very unexpected. Riot Racing is a cool name. It is. Alliteration, we're here for it. You you are always here for the alliteration. We are here for that. And basically what makes it different, like we said, it's more urban and very in, like reminiscent of Tron or THX 1138. Yeah, true. And weapons are fair. Yeah, which is cool. 
like in pod racing, you have to be real covert about your about yeah. your cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This that's no. a good point. Yeah. They don't care one bit. You can legit kill another driver. They don't care. Um, so you know, it's a little it's a little different, I guess. Yeah. I kind of prefer this to pod racing, if I'm going to be honest. That's fair. It's a little, little more. I mean, pod racing is actually like more like NASCAR-y. And it's, you they, know. They, they could basically add a pit stop and it's like, okay, yeah, this is exactly the same. as. It's in the wilderness. Yeah, true. You know. This is more like. It's fast. This is more like. um uh like It's faster. Like a stadium. More, and more intense. Kind of, it was a stadium, right? I think. It is faster. And more intense. Yeah. Maybe that's the whole point. Yeah, maybe. Okay, we meet a top-tier droid. Facts. Facts. I don't want to hear any disparaging. Mm. Teo. Teo, Mm -hmm. played by Ben Schwartz. Perfect character. Perfect character, dude. There's no better character out there, actually. I don't think we realized we wanted Uh, John Ralphio as a droid. This is true. But... When we now that the weirdest looking droid now that we have him, it's so good. uh, We're not giving him back. (laughs) Sorry, John Ralphio droid. Uh, anyway, Ben Schwartz was on Parks and Rec and he played this (laughs) insane guy named John Ralphio, and it's literally the same personality as Teo, just just a little bit, just way bigger hair. His hair kind of reminds me of your hair, actually. I know you could do a really stand up John Ralphio. <laughs> okay. Like for Halloween or something? Yeah, okay. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And then Delaney can be his sister. Um what's her name? Mona Lisa. <laughs> oh my god. That's her name. <laughs> and you guys could do the that thing that they do. <laughs> Don't look suspicious. Oh, yeah. Don't look suspicious. That'd be great. Um but he did kind of remind me a little bit of of Grievous. He's got a little mm-hmm. Resemblance to Grievous. He's got a little resemblance to the midwife droid, which is an odd pairing, but this is what it looks like. <laughs> it's what it is, guys. I think his face flips around. It does. I'm not sure it ever did flip around, but you can tell that it could flip uh-huh. around if it wanted to flip around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wrote down this line because it was so, again, the comedy in this episode, so good. Teo says to, he, he refers to himself, in as Teo, as Teo, which is so good, just like John so, Ralphio, <laughs> so good, man. Says to Tech, "Do you want to challenge Teo?" And Tech says, "I do not have enough information on this sport to determine that at this time." Well, it's so <laughs> weird because like it's actually kind of interesting because he's Tech's more of a droid than this droid, is. right? I it's have kind of interesting. I have that in my notes: the human ah. computer versus yeah. the actual computer, which is actually like really cool. I don't. That's kind of fresh. I feel like it's very fresh. Fresh take on his character because yeah. the actual droid has more of a personality. Like not more. I don't yeah. want to say more of a personality, but yeah. you know what I mean. He's yeah. like very full of himself. Yeah. He over exaggerates his abilities. It's definitely like the ego versus the or super uh, ego versus like the id. You know what I mean? Yeah. Finding that ego. You know very, what I'm saying? Got to yeah. bring that in, dude. Yeah, that philosophy it is, episode. It is. This is the one you didn't expect it, but this is actually the <laughs> philosophy episode. <laughs> Um, so those two together, those two are pitted against each other and play off each other through this entire episode. And 75% of the comedy comes from that. Yep. Because Teo is just... I think I just nailed it. I think you just nailed it. I just nailed it. Yeah, you did. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) I still got it, baby. He's 
he is all in basically yeah. he's just like i'm the greatest you humans suck don't <laughs> let me just tell you how to do your job and do everything and whatever whatever the fact and... that he gets destroyed twice dude. <laughs> so good it's so funny. i did not expect that <laughs> he actually says teo is an artist <laughs> <laughs> it's so good i i wonder if it was improvised at all i mean because there's no, like i've never seen that kind of a funny script in star wars like I don't. I genuinely don't think there's something funnier. He out there. is. You can think of something. He comes from improv, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah, yeah. if maybe some of it was improv. But huh. um, if not, Matt. I mean, yeah, amazing. Like uh, Matt he was Mishnevitz? in his bag. Are, are you? Are you a comedy god? Potentially. Matt Mishnevitz? Because I don't really feel like Fallen Order is, you know, a thousand giggles or so. anything. But yeah, I think I think he's got. Some I mean, it's a thousand giggles for me though. He's got comedy chops. We didn't expect it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this... Oh, this is good. Don't eat that whole thing. You will be so sick. Okay, okay, I'm okay. telling you right now. I ate a quarter of it, and I was like, whoa. Uh, okay. So the big uh, criminal guy that, that Sid is afraid of, his name is Malegi, which is a weird name for an alien it is. guy. <laughs> It's like, I guess we're supposed to get it feel the Italian. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but um, he calls Sid by her full name. Yeah, it's cool. Sidorin Scaleback. More alliteration, by the way. Yes, actually, yes. Yeah. And Colin is going to insist that I that I have a confession. Um, until about. <laughs> 10 days ago, it did not register with me that Sid is a Trandoshan. Whoa. Honk. Yeah, yeah you're... That guy's mad at you, too. <laughs> He's really mad. It's not that I thought she wasn't okay. a Trandoshan. It just didn't really click in my brain. It's all oh, good. she's a Trandoshan. Yeah. Which I think... I mean, it's also, like, animated. Like, they don't look, like, totally the same. As they do in, like, Clone Wars and stuff. So, I, I had a nice little talk with our friend Marie Claire Gould over on What the Force a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this episode. Check that out, by the way, if you would like to. That mm. was a, so fun. And rumor has it, I might be making another appearance a revisit. over there. Very good. Very good. I'm excited. More to come on that. But, yeah. um. I wanted to have a discussion about Sid because I personally feel they are making it very too obvious that maybe she's going to sell them down the river. Like she's going to turn traitor on the Bad Batch. Uh. And I just don't think, I think they're making it too obvious. Okay. Her being a Trandoshan is one of those things that seems a little too obvious. So I was talking to her about it. And she said, oh, well, e even even without considering that, the role she, the character archetype she is, is a crone, not a clone, a crone. Ah, uh, yes. And she specifically brought up Baba Yaga. The oh, Baba Yaga yeah. uh, story, legend, yeah. um, fairy tale? I didn't even think maybe? about that. Yeah. Uh, and... Immediately, I'm like, as usual, you're 100% right. Yeah. And, she, and Omega is like the the little 
uh, maiden girl in that Baba Yaga is kind of mean to, no. but also actually kind of a teacher as well. Kind of a teacher, like gives yeah. her gives her tasks, and and then as a result, she learns and she grows. Uh, you know, yeah, she grows up and yeah. learns a lot of things from her. And I'm like, it's that's, yeah, money. That's that is what's going on here. And from last season, you know, I was always like, okay, this is this should be retitled Omega collects a bunch of moms <laughs> because yeah. that's what she does, and she's still doing that this this season, collecting new moms. But um, Sid is like her her regular mom. Like she's she definitely sees her the most. So I think that is probably what is going on, and I think they're making it way too obvious. And I brought up also that Sidorin really, really reminded reminds me of Siddhartha. Yeah. Which there's two references there, either the Buddha himself, like his name before he was Buddha was um, Siddhartha, but then there's also the book by Herman Hesse called Siddhartha. Yeah. In which that Siddhartha basically learns the same thing that Buddha Siddhartha learned, hmm. which is that compassion is the key. the key to everything because everyone is connected because everyone suffers. Yeah. And you have to have compassion for others. And also you have to give up this like your worldly the worldly tether you worldly desires like and what is sid always after she's always after freaking that's true money mm. money 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 mm. all the time yeah and what does she learn in this episode from omega compassion oh omega has compassion for her we can't leave her you know we can't leave her here we have to do something and that's you know in turn inspires tech to to um race the race yeah i want to get to that part so Okay, but I'm just saying, here. this is what I see. I feel like is going on. I could be completely wrong. Maybe she I mean, is a snake in the know, grass. I, or they could just call her Sid to mislead you because we all know Sid from Toy Story, and that is a bad Sid. It's <laughs> a bad Sid. Every time I hear that name now, that is the person. Really? That yeah, every single time. Like Sid is a curse name now. Well, to me, is it Sid with an S? It's Sid with a C. Scale back with an S. Okay. Okay, so it's not alliteration, but. It's consonants. It's, it's um, you know, aural alliteration. No, it's consonants. Yeah, I think. Oh, well. Think that's what. The, oh no, 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 it's not. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Because you call C and a K when they go like K or K. That's consonants. But anyway. Um. Well, and the other thing to mention about her being a Trandoshan is lizards, and that's kind of what they look like. They look like lizards. Lizards in like folklore and stuff represents rebirth yeah yeah yeah. because they like transformation stuff yeah it's transformation yeah ah so (sighs) it's got it it's got the prefix or or they literally just made her trandoshan because they were like we all know trandoshans are horrible so yeah obviously she's gonna betray them but i just i feel like these writers are smarter than that i don't know maybe it's I also don't for know. kids, though. And it's also for, well, I don't know. Some of the stuff that happens in the next couple of episodes. I'm like, it's definitely for kids. The only thing that makes me question is. that is the one with um, Crosshair. Tribe has actual nightmare fuel in it. Yeah, it does. We'll get to it. But it's 
actually oh, oh, like really the, upsetting. Oh, like the spider thing? And what they do to that Trandoshan at the end? Do you not recall? The spider? spider? The spiders yeah. get the guy, yeah. the bad guy yeah, at the end, yeah. and literally yeah. he's screaming while yeah. they're freaking eating him. And, no, please. Oh, come on. Could be worse. Could be worse. I'm just saying. Clone Wars was worse. I'll always Possible <laughs> nightmare fuel for I guess, children. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, Sid and Malegi make a side bet. And so it's Teo is racing for Sid, and this guy Jet Venom is racing for Malegi. We do have to talk about the, the racers' names because they are hysterically funny. But um, before we do that, Colin mentioned the sound design of this particular episode by David W. Collins. It's insane. It's very good. Crazy, insane, good. And on Twitter, he was saying how somebody said, oh, I assume you used Phantom Menace pod racing. No, I don't think so. Sound and I didn't hear it. anything. No, he said I yeah. didn't, in fact, do use <clears throat> any of those sounds. They were all unique. But um, he used, let's see, I wrote it down. Formula One, Ducati's. Oh, nice. And all kinds of speed machine recordings were used, layered, processed and manipulated for that zippy crazy fast feeling that is what he said and he also said we didn't use any phantom menace noises he just for sounds he just wanted to make it nice seem like it went in the same universe i mean and yeah achieved. see see this is the thing this goal is the, achieved this is the thing that i mean you, y'all know i'm bringing up my capstone like every single episode but um that's the thing that I'm honestly like, how do you do ship sounds? How do you do that? <laughs> I, don't I don't know but how I to do that. But I think you better figure it out really yeah. quick because you got about a month <laughs> to figure that out. In case you weren't aware. Because like, I've, like, reco- I've been recording vehicles mm-hmm. that like drive by, but they're like they're obviously cars. You know, like you can't just like put the sound of a car on a well, apparently you can. If you but these, have... No, no, no. But these are these are actual cars, you know. Basically, like I'm talking like snow speeders. Like you can't you can't just use like the sound of a a minivan well, driving by. It's I guess. maybe you could do it, but you could you'd have to be like combine it with some some stuff. Well, and I'm sure they have uh, you know access to equipment. That oh yeah. You just don't have access. Well, I'm sure to. they have a library that's like absolutely gargantuan. Yeah, that's so. probably true. Um. Okay. So so they have a race. And I mean, Teo's not all trash talking. He's he wins. Okay. How do you want me to tell you? I don't know. I can't just say it. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I don't know. Um. But but during this race, this <laughs> this announcer. Well, first of all, oh, yeah. someone gets killed, like an audience <laughs> member, because oh, yeah. the racers are shooting at each other. Yeah. He just like literally drops and everybody stops for a second, but then they go back to like clapping oh, yeah. and watching the race. And the overhead announcer says, be mindful of blaster fire. Savatoma Speedway is not liable for any injury, death or disintegration. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so funny. Um, but basically what happens is, and your dad pointed this out, you will not understand this reference. The Malachi Crunch happens two of the oh, racers oh i know what that is 
It's from Happy Days. I know what the Malachi Crunches do. That's a classic. Pinky Tuscadero yeah. is a victim of the Malachi like, Crunch. Yes. And gets very hurt. Yeah. And in this one, basically, I think it's this guy, Venom guy, and another guy working together to take somebody out of the race. Yeah. And they get in front of him and behind him and use, like, grappling hooks and stuff. It's total cheating, and it's allowed, apparently, in ride I mean, racing. I mean, honestly. It's the Malachi. I don't know why it wouldn't be allowed Malachi, to just get stuck. Malachi Crunch sounds better than Malegi Crunch. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, Teo wins. And, um, right? Doesn't Teo win? Yeah, the first time. Oh, but then there's another. Oh, I'm getting confused. I haven't watched this one in a couple of weeks. Then there's, there's two another, races. Yeah. <clears throat> there's two races, right? And that's the one where Teo gets like yeah, real messed up. <laughs> well, no, he gets messed up before the race. That's the thing that happens. He Not does. in the race. Yeah. No, the second time he gets hit by the. Oh, so are there three races? I guess there are three races. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there must be three because he wins the first one, which is they don't really go over that too much. Yeah. I if I'm remembering right now that I think about it. Yeah, the second race, he loses and is a victim of the Malachi Crunch. (laughs) And then um, he's completely, like, dismembered, basically. It's no big thing, but Malegi, excuse me, comes to threaten his, or comes to collect his credits. I need a a tea tea break. break. Talk, talk. Oh, geez. Oh, man, I have no idea. I have no idea what to say. You co-host a podcast. How can you not have something to say? I'm tired, dude. Anyway, Malegi comes to collect from Sid. She doesn't have it with, doesn't have the credits. That's when Omega offers double or nothing to save Sid. And basically, you know, the rest of the Bad Batch is looking at her like, uh, um, excuse me, but (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about? So they piece Teo back together. Echo is putting him back together, or sorry, Tech is putting him back together. And Teo is trying to tell Tech how to put him back together. Let Teo instruct you on how to do this properly. And Tech literally just pauses. Yeah, it's so good. Do there's it. no music. There's no nothing. He just stares at him. <laughs> it's so good. That made me laugh. That's the same thing I do when someone's so hard. Me. I just look at them. <laughs> um... But they do start talking about Sid and how this is a problem. And Tech points out, this is not the first time she has required our assistance due to her dealings with individual individuals of questionable integrity. It is a problematic pattern. That's true. It is He's true. right. It is true. Because... He's always right. She keeps trying to get... She's trying to take the quick and easy path. Mm. And we know where that leads. Don't yeah, we? yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you think these characters are going to be back at all? Malegi? Yeah, like him or his mm. cronies. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably... Maybe. I mean, it makes sense for them maybe not to be more stylistic. I, I do think maybe. This is down the down the road a bit. I do think maybe like They get routed might, out to the Empire or something? He might figure out who Wrecker and Tech were. Yeah. And Omega. And that's all involved in, like, how I think... That you know, they've like I said, it's too obvious that they're setting Sid up to be the betrayer. I don't think she's going to be the betrayer. I think it's going to be somebody else, possibly Malegi, possibly Fee, but maybe 
the batch is going to think that it was Sid and be really mad and, okay. and flee and think she's a creep. Do you think they're going to leave her this season? Um, They have to. I think so. No way. I don't think it can continue on. Like, the, I don't think it can keep going on these missions all it's the time. It's kind of getting redundant. I think we're about to, that's about to end. But I do think this grouping of episodes are all the same theme. Oh, yeah. Very different, very different, like, feels to all of these episodes. Like, this one is so funny. The solitary clone was really dramatic. The one after this is very, like, Goonies, Indiana Sci-fi. Jones. <laughs> yeah, like, what? Crazy stuff. You know what I mean? But it's all kind of the same theme, and I do want to talk about that later because I think it's a very important theme. That is something that's cool about this show is, like, because it wasn't really the same with... um. It wasn't like this with Andor. Like, Andor was kind of, like, the same mood the entire time. Right. And this show is, like, yeah, like, literally every episode is different from a stylistic per- from a stylistic angle, from, like, a plot angle, from a... Well, the plots are kind of all... They're kind of all the same plot, honestly, but... And sometimes they split the batch up, and sometimes they're Yeah, like, sometimes it's super together. dynamic, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. The, yeah. the storytelling is super dynamic, you know? And that can get unwieldy. For some people, you know, I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure people don't like that. I mean, I'm talking about like from a showrunner point of view and writers and stuff that can that can get really hard to execute. Well, oh, yeah, sure. Well, that's why they get different people to do it, I guess. But <laughs> they all do different things. They're doing a really good job with that. I feel yeah. Like. And all aiming at the same theme, which is really cool that they're doing it that way. Yeah. Um, I just have a bunch of lines written down. Okay. <laughs> Which I don't know why I did that because I, do, I, I don't want to sit here and read all these. But, um. Like all tail lines? Um. No, they're not even. Anyway, I guess I thought I doing? would. I, th- I guess I thought I would remember what I wanted to talk about. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? Past Michelle, you're an idiot because you True. know better. Could should have been better. Yeah. I should have made better notes. Could not be you. But, okay. So even if we don't go point by point through the rest of this episode, we know what happens. Like Teo, <laughs> Teo gets run over uh, very, very, <laughs> very hilariously, <laughs> and it's so good cannot win. Cannot even race the double or nothing race that Omega has has already um, proposed. So. This whole time, if you watch Tech in the background of this episode, though, you see him on his little, he's like, working it his out. little tricorder. He's, he's <laughs> learning. His iPad, his tricorder, whatever that thing is. Yes. He is learning. Like, yes. he's trying. He's just for the fun of it. Yes. Because I, I don't think. He, no, he really doesn't care. I think he realizes Teo's not going to listen to him anyway. Yeah. He just wants to figure out, how do you win this race? Just for fun. Dude, he's he just the wants best. To he out. is by far the best. And you cannot tell me. That anyone is better, including Wrecker. You can't tell me that anyone's better than him. The heart wants what the heart he wants. He is the best one. My heart wants Wrecker. Sorry. He, I mean, he's not only the most interesting, but he's the most, like, he is who he is kind of character. You know what I mean? Like, Echo's kind of around. Hunter's kind of there. Wrecker's like, okay, yeah, he's like a dumb dude. But, like, dude, Tech is by far the best one. You can't. You can't tell. Echo is the... Maybe Crosshair is, but... Echo is the social consciousness. Like, he's the one saying, we have to do more. We have these abilities. We have to use them for the betterment of everybody we can. Hunter is, like, literally the dad. 
He's just yeah. the dad. He does everything in Omega's best interest. Yeah. And Wrecker is just Wrecker. And Tech is Mr. Spock. Yes. Which is probably why I like him so much. I mean, Mr. Spock's my... All-time. All-time greatest sci-fi character, perhaps? Possibly. Yeah. Ben Solo, Mr. Spock. Oh, my goodness. They're side-by-side. You by cannot. Side. You cannot do that. You cannot put them side-by-side. Side. I just did. That is not okay. I just did it. They're so uncomparable. What are you going to do about it? Mm. Eat what are you going to do? Eat this. <laughs> You're going to puke. <laughs> Gross. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> right in the middle of saying offense is the best di and then he gets Teo gets spluted splashed completely destroyed by a very fast moving I don't think there's vehicle. any music is there no it's it's just the big it's the impact and the pause to laugh basically so good <clears throat> so who did they, who volunteers tech our boy and he really isn't like shook about it no. he's like he's like I'm ready no I'm good. I figured this out. It's fine. I, I'm pretty sure I can do it. And the and the the others are like, hey. he's like, it's fine. I said it's fine. It is so annoying that they keep doing that because he flies their ship, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Dude, he's got moves in that yeah. ship. Like, yeah. why, <laughs> why do you keep bashing my boy? Massacre my boy. <laughs> that he's was good actually. At what he, does. he was like really smart that the, it was him because yeah, he is a. He's yeah. a pilot. That's his job in within the Bad Batch. So. Always remember, always remember that cool move he did in that one episode where uh, it's like he flips it or whatever. Yep, always remember. All right, let's talk about these names that I think I have a head oh, yeah. in that. Yeah, they're cool. They said to everyone at Lucasfilm, please submit the most ridiculous sci-fi Star Wars name you yeah, can think of. Perhaps. And they had a contest, and somebody probably won. A gift certificate to Chipotle or something because <laughs> they came up with Haxon, the war gnome, Trajanix. <laughs> Crazy. Dude, you know what these names sound like actually? Have you seen those Keem Peel bits with the football players? Yes. That is what this <laughs> a is. A little bit. That yeah. is what. Trisanthemum with animal. East Virginia well, Tech. The war gnome is a commando battle droid. This is also funny. Like, who. Who the yeah, like cool. what they were and who they were. Yeah. Quick draw quasar, finger guns. Digging it. Um, is a battle droid head and a protocol droid body. Do you know what a quasar is? Yes, I kind of know what a quasar is. Mm. It's like a pulsating star mm. or something like that. This is true. Um, but that's cute because that is a shout out to uh, you know, three PO, in yeah, yeah, Attack yeah. of the Clones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trickster Flash Rector is a protocol droid. Painted a funky color. I can't remember. Yeah. Hyper Rod on his seven deuce blaster. What? What is this? Craziness. Absolute craziness. And finally, Tech. Yeah, it's like Tech. <laughs> and the crowd is that, call, is that his name? And the crowd falls silent. Is that his name? <laughs> is that, is that, it's just is Tech. That, is that his name? Tech just Tech. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's start the race. So comedy. Funny. The comedy Good stylings. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um. Also, so, I'm pretty sure actual people reacted that way, too, to his name, if I remember correctly. I kind of yeah. felt like I oh, was yeah. the one who was like, It was a just weird name. funny. It was just yeah. super funny. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. Like, that is his name. Like, he didn't use an alias. No, yeah. It's so, it's so tech of him to and not And he do that. is a it's legend so, now so, from so. this race. That's why I think maybe this might be. And Hunter wasn't there to be like, don't, you know, don't be stupid. 
don't do that. He was in his bag for this one. This might be the thing that gets them caught because he's a, he's a racing legend. That's now. fair. He's probably got a fandom. Yeah, that's fair. Back on Tumor Planet. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> oh, next page. Um, but my all-time favorite line in this entire entire episode is is when when Omega and Wrecker are watching the race or keeping tabs on tech. And he says, ask where, what place he's in. And Omega said, oh, no, he's in. He's last. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wrecker says to Tech, Tech, you got to be in front <laughs> to win. <laughs> yeah, like what? Like, I mean, that's so good. And the way he says it, he's like, Tech. You got to be in front to win. You got to be in front to win. Like, don't you know? Yeah. Um, but and our it, man does not need no, any. He's... he's he knows exactly what he's doing. No. Yeah, yeah. He's he's chilling in the back. I actually heard... His come up. I can't remember now who said this, but somebody said... A lot of people were comparing this racing to Mario Karts. And, 100%. And um, they even said, like, when you're in Mario Kart and you're like in the pack, dude, this is that's tr- you're gonna get you're gonna flounder. You're, you're not gonna make it. You're gonna, gonna get happen. knocked out. The yeah. banana peel is gonna get you. <laughs> oh, I'm clipping. <laughs> that's the first time I clipped. I think but it was like, banana peel. Hanging back, he's just like chill vibes. Like he knows what he's doing. He he's got his little tech brain. Yeah. And Marie Claire even said it's so zen of him. Like it's just so. Yeah. He just waits for that one opportunity to just kind of go up on the side of the tunnel. And that's to get out of the way of the Malachi Crunch, because they try that. They try that ish again. Not on our guy. <laughs> this nope. ish. No, 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 no. Not, not on this man. You're not going to pull that. That's true. He just kind of slides up on the side of the tunnel. And, and that's it. And the end of the race is really cool, too, because there's all this dust and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And the, the announcer, drama. yeah, the announcer, it's very dramatic. Like, you can't really tell who's who wins until Tech goes across the finish line. Yeah. Um, and then everybody, like, starts cheering, Tech, Tech. Like, I'm telling you, they're getting busted because of this. You're probably right. It's fair. Um, this was a weird line, <laughs> by the way. I just want to call your attention. The old Nellis Express to Lotho Minor. Hmm? Was that from? Somebody says, I don't even remember what the reference was in the actual episode, but they somebody says something like, "You're taking the old Nellis Express to Lotho Minor." Do you remember Lotho Minor? Where what Lotho Minor is? No. That is where Spider Mall. Oh. Was with that with the snake James, yeah. James Hong yeah. snake yeah. I was like weird, weird. odd Lotho Minor wow we're really bringing up that place interesting yeah, yeah that's cool there there that could just be a joke but it also could be metaphorical and I haven't figured it out what it means yet. long live spider mall by the way long live spider mall the best version of mall spider mall is the crazy something. spider mall is literally the coolest thing I guess he is pretty that's cool. the coolest version of him also I'm not gonna lie I actually I've been seeing like I got, I got TikTok finally, which is a big deal. But um, Crazy. <laughs> I literally got it like a month ago. But um, I saw this edit that someone made of this scene between him and Ahsoka before they fight in the throne room. Mm. That. That is a good scene, man. That so, is an <clears throat> underrated scene. No one talks about it. 
I actually think Everyone that's Ahsoka's best that. and that's his best. I think that's literally both of their bests. It is both like, of their best. Everyone talks about how good that is. Okay. And then the freaking, oh, my throne room, though. Through the lighting, too. <laughs> but I, what's his name? What's the actor's name? Uh, Please don't make me pull names out of yeah, that's okay. a hat. I don't know. I get it. I, I do the same thing. But um, he was actually just, uh, he did a voice acting for a video game that came out from the same guys that made Dead Space called Calypso Protocol. Calypso? Calyp? The Calypso Protocol, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's like this like jail warden, which is like perfect for him. He's also he's he's become actually too recognizable. Honestly, yeah, like I his voice like... is like so specific. Yeah, because he was a star killer. Yeah, he was this guy at Mall. He was this guy in Calypso Protocol. He was in BFG or BSG. Um, <laughs> the big friendly giant. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, what else has he been in? So many things. I mean, yeah, but like... That know. show about the monsters, which I can't remember the name of it, but... What? Yeah, there's like... A, he wasn't... It wasn't animated. Like, he was just in it. Show about the monsters? Yeah, you... I'm sure you don't know what I'm talking about. Trust me. There was a show that was very popular. He... Uh, they were like vampires and werewolves and stuff. Yeah, forget it. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I don't. Um. Okay, so back to this episode. Um... I did skip over an important part. Sid and Malegi have a conversation. Yeah, that scene's cool. While he's kind of holding her Actually, hostage. Yeah. And he's basically saying to her, I know you. And like, what are you doing? You're never going to change. Like, you're, you are a, a gangster like me. Like, I don't know what you're trying to pull. And she literally says, basically, like, don't tell me what I can't do. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not... I'm not who you think I am. Oh, where's our boy? Why is he not in Star Wars? Why is Terry O'Quinn not in Star Wars? My God, my guy. I am telling you right now. It's it's likely. It's likely. It's likely. It's like don't we don't need to talk about it. But it's likely. It is likely. It's likely. Mm -hmm. If anyone from that show is going to be in it, let's be honest. Can you imagine anyone else other than I will pass away. I will pass away. I can't handle John Locke in Star Wars. I just bro, I'll die. Be absolutely insane. So at the end of the episode. Uh, you know, she looks right at them and says, I guess I owe you one. And Tech is like, that's right. You do. Like he, yeah, he knows. you better he feels. remember that. Yeah. Um, and then as they're leaving, Malegi gives them the warning not to trust Sid. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like you're making it a little bit too on the nose obvious. And I don't think she's actually going to i think she's like i said i think it's gonna be set up or this whole thing's gonna come back to bite them in the butt and they're gonna think she had something to do with it or fee which yeah. leads us oh, into yeah. our next episode oh. entombed how about that an absolute segue that worked perfectly. a segue master perhaps directed by nathaniel villanueva written by christopher yost Story- villanueva 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 is the name of that other guy oh yeah he's french yeah um, and story editor of importance and notable Matt Mishnevets. Yeah. Writer of Jedi Fallen Order. One more time. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> very clear. Have you heard other people mention? Actually, no. Oh, yeah. The Zepho? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. But I haven't heard anybody mention the, the Matt Mishnevets connection, which is... That's why I think it's absolutely the Zepho. Like I've heard, I've heard a couple of people say, "Well, 
it was maybe an accident. Like, they probably didn't really mean it to be those outfits. I'm like, but yes, they did. What? <laughs> yes, they totally did. Absolutely. Dude, they spent too much money to make accidents, man. Um, But this is a very fun episode. Very fun. There's tons. This episode is fire. Of cultural references. Heat. Yeah, dude. And, of course, everybody's pointing out the Indiana Jones that is just all over this episode. But. I mean, uh, okay, yes, yes. I mean, the music, though, that one. It's well of the souls. I texted you. I it's texted you so well fast. I texted you so fast. It's like this is the music from the Ark. This is the music when they're pulling the Ark out yeah, of the box. It's literally, it's the same thing. Well it's the souls. same. It's practically thing. note by note. Note. For it note. is like it literally. The orchestration is exactly the same. That's for sure. Um, I don't know if it's note for note, but it's oh, by the same. way, we have not brought up the Kinders yet. Yeah. Yeah. This. Uh, I don't. I think the music in the most recent most recent episode was good. I can't really. Oh, oh no! It was really good because it, it had so it had good. the uh, it had like it used the sound of like Wookies or something like that in the music. They've just been. It's very cool. Every single one. I, I appreciate matching the mood perfectly. I appreciate. I appreciate how they are. I think for the first time, really, with their like Star Wars work, they're finally starting to escape the whole orchestra thing. Like they're starting to incorporate more samples and like different sounds mm-hmm. versus like using you know. Because that's, that's kind of like what... They did Rebels, too, right? Mm-hmm. Rebels oh, well, is pretty that was much... Just, I'm not sure. Okay. There's Kevin oh, Kiner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's the other... Kevin Kiner's yeah. been doing since Clone Wars. Yeah. And he did Rebels. So now it's him and... His brother, right? His brother or brothers. I'm not even sure how many of them there are. Oh. But I don't know how the workload breaks down between them. I would. That's a good question, like... Well, if, anyway, whatever. If, if they maybe have a fun panel or something at Celebration and questions are allowed, I think we need to be like... I mean, okay, let me... Like, one of you write it, one of you orchestrates. <laughs> like, like, AJR. How, how you know the man? AJR? I've heard of them. It's like three brothers, one guy writes everything. The yeah, other I'm just curious, like, how much... Or do they all do, um, like, maybe one... <laughs> it's one episode, it's one arrangement, and another episode, it's another arrangement. I don't know. Well, but, but, okay, so maybe that's the case, but I guess maybe I'm just comparing to the other animation shows that have been out. Like, there's a lot more, um, yeah, I just said it, like, non-orchestral music, which they're, I like. They're definitely putting some, like, there's uh, samples, there's synth-y a lot of synthy stuff. In there. Uh, but the, the music, I mean, the music in, the, in, in Entombed is pretty, like, Star Warsy, but like this new episode though, there's a lot of stuff that's there's like, like very interesting. A sounds. full corral. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. this episode. I forgot about that. I think that's the moment I went. Dang, you guys you? are going so friggin' hard. <laughs> like. Well, there's ways to fake. Do you know that there's cow. ways to fake vocals? Well, I, okay, maybe it Dude. wasn't real corral Dude. vocals, but Tom, doesn't matter. It sounded great. One of my professors at school we were having class and he took us into the studio and he showed us this sample pack that he had. He opened it up in the studio and it was the craziest realistic really human voice. Ooh. It was so weird. I, Cause I was listening. Cause there's ways even like with this one program, like you can take a voice and you can apply words and you can apply accents to the words so like if you're like you want to make like Italian people sound like they're singing English text, or Whoa. if you want to, make, it's like it's it's. I didn't know that that stuff existed. Honestly, when he showed me that, I'm like, oh my god, this is like okay. So you actually can can vocals. I didn't know you can actually do that. You know, but anyway, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, yeah, it's like I've never 
I'm never going to use that. Like but AI. No. Nah. Also, just found out recently because I'm 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 uh I'm thinking that the next game I get is Doom Eternal. I really would like to play Doom. Doom looks fun. I but I found out the music in Doom is freaking. Uh, Have you heard the music in Doom? Jedi Survivor's coming out in two months. Okay, other don't than, yeah. bother other getting another that, game. <laughs> other than that, well, Doom Eternal is probably not that expensive anymore. But um, the music in Doom Eternal. Yeah. Do you oh, know yeah. it? How would I know it? Because no. it's like it's incredibly iconic at this point oh. like in pop culture. I probably still don't know it. It's it's like metal, like it's straight up <laughs> dirty metal. It's wow. like oh my god, it's it's literally the coolest production ever, and the bassist on that on those tracks, like it's like the corn bassist. It's like their strings are just like like off the thing. It's just like <laughs> flabbing around. It's so, and I'm pretty sure it's a fretless bass too, so you get like that actual slide, but. They had a metal chorus come in. It was like twenty five people who were like metal vocalists, and they like recorded them together doing this like crazy demonic sounding stuff. Wow. Oh my god, it's so cool, dude! It's actually the coolest thing. Anyway, I'll have to listen to it. Talk about music, you know. Speaking of music, no tangents. SRT Capstone. No tangents. It's done. The music. Well, it's not done. The music though. is written. It's on paper. The music is written. Yeah. We're on our way. We're if, like a sixth done, basically. If you care to see pictures of it. I post it everywhere. She, Colin posted on his Instagram and Facebook. 30 parts, baby. There are 30 parts in that thing. 83 musicians? I think so. It's ridiculous. I'm excited. And they're hiring people to come in for this, too. Which wow. Is like what the heck? Crazy. Why uh, are they doing this? Dude, Michael <laughs> told I mean, the conductor told me. That my instrumentation was okay, even though he probably didn't know. He probably didn't know at the time that we didn't have like a harpist or we didn't have like horns. Like he probably didn't know. So was, I feel kind of bad, but like it's still pretty hyped. Like I'm, you know. Who's paying for that? The music the department. School? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying for that. Shout out to Paul School. Of yeah, music. seriously, dude. They owe me one. <laughs> they owe me. The stuff I do. Oh my gosh! All right, can we can we talk about? This? You're gonna get mad at me, and it's not my fault that we're running late. Fine. <laughs> All right, so there's, yeah, the Indiana Jones influence is everywhere in this episode. It's undeniable. But Jennifer Corbett said mm. this is her Goonies episode. Now, I feel that with the big pirate ship. Yeah. And For the sure. compass. Yeah. 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 It's super. Du- I almost think, you know what? I think it's more Goonies than Indiana Jones. I kind of, yeah, I kind of, honestly, I agree. Because it's think. a I whole it's- group of them and they're all like. Yeah, it's 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 a little more goony, and that's so cute because you know we're probably around the same age, I would guess. And I just watched oh. rewatched Goonies. Oh really? Last weekend for the first time in Sweet. a long time, uh, with Oscar nominated actor Yay. He Hui Kwan, yeah. and he better win. You heard his speech, right? Uh, well, he hasn't. The... the Oscars haven't happened yet, but yeah, I heard the Golden Globes. Golden Globe, yeah. What a guy. He's a nice dude. A little short. He's a very round. nice guy. Short yeah. round's gonna win an Oscar. No, you can't call him that anymore. You cannot call him that anymore. Why? He is now gotten out of that. He will always be I shorty think. to me. I've loved shorty. I'm sure he's annoyed by that. Vice. I've loved shorty every minute since I saw that movie oh, the yeah. first time. It's so good. As a kid, he was in. Oh my god, I loved him so much. Anyways, we're. What is our tangent problem today? But anyway, Jennifer Corbett calls Let's talk about A24 films. Her... <laughs> no, be quiet. <laughs> Jennifer Corbett calls this her Goonies episode. And, you know, 
I understand the company synergy with yeah. Indiana Jones is also there. And Jedi Fallen Order is definitely also there. So there's just a lot of fun stuff going on in this episode. Um, let's see. Let's just, I guess, start talking about the episode. They start in a junkyard. It's, again, my favorite duo, Omega and Wrecker, uh, scavenging. And Omega finds a compass. Mm-hmm. Do not tell me this child is not force sensitive. Mm. Do not. I, I, I'm I do tell not. You, I don't think she is. I do not believe you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell if you. If Jennifer Corbett walked right up to me right now and said, Omega's not force sensitive, I'd be, be like, like nope. but she is, though. <laughs> she is, though. You just don't see it. She's writing if it. <laughs> this, you don't get it. <laughs> this compass was made. Okay, let's assume this compass is made by the Zepho. Yeah. Out of I mean, that, if it is, yeah, like must be out of that entire junkyard. She doesn't just see it laying around. She like opens up, yeah, a compartment, and finds it inside this compartment. Drawn to it. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> Don't be telling me she's not. Um, I I just think it's it, you know, and I like the fact that it's a compass, and she's like their compass you know like she's their compass anymore it's uh, it's really good it's just really good writing um okay so we have fee genoa otherwise known as fibonacci sequence genoa exactly yeah um so she's they get back to ord mantel five by the way it is spelled p well it's okay here's the thing in college Yes, it's spelled P-H-I. Yeah. But my professors always said phi. Really? Yes. Well, maybe that's how the Greeks would pronounce maybe. it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, I didn't tell you, I tried to tell you the other night what my like big theory is and you wouldn't let me because you're like, no, save it, save it. Yeah, I want to yeah. be surprised. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. So phi is telling, spinning her yarns about her adventures to those two yokels that hang out in the bar. Yeah. And, um... The Bad Batch members are actually at the bar, and they're, and I think it's Tech that says the story changes every time she tells it because she's telling this fantastical story about her adventure, treasure hunting. I do like her because she's like, she's a little Afra, she's a little Hondo, she's a little Lando, she's kind of got a lot of a mix of some really good characters. Um, yeah. But she sees the compass that Omega has found. And gives it to her adorable droid, Mel. Yeah. Rip, by the way, right? uh, Rip, right? See, I think think that's another red flag about Fee. But as much as that was kind of played off as comedic. No. I didn't think it was very funny. Not funny. Like, I... Joy death is not funny. I mean, Teo's death was pretty funny. But that, (laughs) that whole episode was different. That was just like a different thing. I don't think he really died, did he? I mean, he got, like, deactivated. Yeah, I mean, he but... probably got put back together at yeah. some point. Um, but anyway, she even says to Omega, like, you've got a good eye. Like, not anybody, not, this is really rare what you found. And gives it to Mel, and it's a navigational device with coordinates to a planet that isn't on the map, according to Tech. So, and and it's a freaking Zepho planet. <laughs> And I guess we should say who the Zephyr were. Oh, yeah. 
go ahead. You um, played the game. I didn't. So I they're basically like a very, very old, like before the Republic, before like pretty much. Um, they go back a really long time. Uh, but like. And they say that in the episode too that these ruins are older than the Jedi. Oh yeah, by a like, lot. Yeah, they're way. I mean, they're they're like the equivalent to like our um, like Neanderthals kind of. I kind of get the sense of, but um, possibly they were basically the first, naturally well. Possibly the first. Force I'm getting. Leaders. I'm getting to it. Okay, okay. 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 Um, and they're like a very super. They're like a super agricultural um, people, like nomadic agricultural people who live on this planet. And yeah, they're like natural force users, but they of course they didn't call it the force. I actually think that they call, they tell you in the game what they used to call it. It was like like the will or something. Some uh, wind, something wind. wind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wind. It's, it's wind. two words though. It's not just wind. It's something wind. But I can't. I don't remember. I read it. I don't I, think so. Yeah, I do because I just read it not too long ago. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Uh, so like they didn't really think of it as the force. They just thought of it as like like a sacred thing that their pe- their people were able to do. But basically, what ends up happening. Is there's like this there's a war that breaks out. It's like a cla- you know it's like the classic story about like when man first creates weapons and starts to realize like, oh we can have power over each other. You know it's like power structure kind of becomes a thing. So there was like a war that broke out between the people who like wanted control and the people who just wanted everything to maintain stay how it was like peaceful for everyone with no power and whatever. And the people with power the the ones with power basically like that's kind of in the story of jedi fallen order it's like it's basically like a metaphor for like the dark side and the light side basically like i don't know if it's officially where the dark side and light side became canon quote-unquote you know what i mean like i don't think that's where it started but it is like this culture completely resembles like what happens when power enters the mix of like force users you know it's kind of like this whole story of star wars well, basically it, dumbed down into like a people i mean from, so from what i read it does sound like some one, I mean, yeah, maybe one it is. guy I, in like, particular yeah one guy one guy is like really evil turns evil he like turns everyone to stone a bunch and like clearly very dark bad. side stuff yeah, yeah, yeah he's very on. bad uh takes over but they all die out eventually um but there was like a really bad war like they had yeah. very serious weapons and yeah. they destroyed well, they were very advanced too they were yeah. very advanced people and the reason like no one knows about them is because they destroyed each other basically yeah. like that it all got ruined and then the relevance to now though is that the empire i should mention this too the empire in the game i'm not sure if they've been there yet if it is like zepho or whatever whatever but basically in the game um the empire has this thing called operation auger i think it's called where they it's basically like it's basically like in World War Two, like the occult that was happening with Nazi Germany. It's basically like they're going around and they're searching these like sacred sites for any force sensitive relics, like ah, so like to, say a compass. Exactly, and they go to Ze- <laughs> and they go to Zepho and they like raise the place and kind of gets ruined, of course. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, same guy. Good story though. There's a lot more I'm not saying, but same guy that's basically one of the showrunners wrote that story. Actually, to be honest, now that I think about it, um, yeah, yeah, seriously. But now that I think about it, the whole there's a mission in the game. I'm not gonna spoil too much, but there's a mission where you, I mean, you do go to Zepho in the game, and as the main character, you do go into like one of the temples that's like underground by the Zepho, mm-hmm. and it's like huge, and it's it actually is very Indiana Jones. Now that I think about it, it's like you're down there to well, first of find all, stuff. So uh, according to my reading up on this story i was just waiting to see a huge, a huge force 
ball like in the game. I was like, dude, I sort of got if that's it. This is they're all called tombs. There's like yeah. this guy's tomb and yeah. that guy's tomb. And what is the name of this freaking episode? I mean, yeah, dude, it's no, it's no Entombed. question. It's no question. And really, like, why would they name this episode that when it almost there's no actual people in tomb? Like, there's apply it, it like. The only way you can think of it as applying is if you would consider the robot thing. Is entombed in the mountain, I guess. But but, but as I was saying, like uh, they were a very advanced alien species, so that, that could that could totally be like one of the weapons they sure. used against well, each other. And in the game there are these uh guards. Oh yeah, the um I wrote it oh down my somewhere. God. I no, don't tell me, dude. I know it. It's nothing special. It's just like like the gladiator, or it's like not the temple guardian. guard. It's like no, it's no, it's like it's like sentinel. Sentinel? No, it's literally like something guardian or something. Yeah, maybe it is tomb yeah. guardian or something. Yeah. Anyways, they look like miniature exactly versions the of this giant. Exactly thing. the same, dude. With the big power source on the mm-hmm. chest and the weird flat head mm-hmm. shape, like kind of looks Egyptian I, a little bit. I'm like. Yeah. Who is out here saying that they don't think they did this on purpose? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I can't imagine that this, any of that was an accident. I really can't. Yeah. Um. So anyway, back to. Oh, this was so cool. It, it really is a cool story. It really is. Like, it's it's one of the best and fresh stories out there right now. Speaking of company synergy, part two to that game oh, is yeah. coming Dude, out in ah. two months. People are so capped if they disagree. So for all we know, Absolute cap. we're going to get the backstory of this planet and this big mech thing. Like, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, no, this next episode is a sequel though. Or this next game is a sequel. I know, but it could come up again. Like the Zepho could come up again. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. I'm sure they Or will. maybe they'll never mention it again. I don't know. Oh, but. I hope they do though. It's so cool. The point is, this was a force wielding. They were. They were also. Race though, th- of no, very, yes, yes, yes. Also, very important point to make. They were giants. They were big people, like actual ah, huge people. Because okay. their tombs are like absolutely massive. Like they're. Oh, see, like, I didn't. Giant even, I didn't you have to climb on one. Like, I didn't know that. Game. You have to like fight dudes <laughs> on the tomb. Like you have to like climb all around on the casket. And they use. They have sarcophagi as well. Like that's what they're buried in. So mm. the Egyptian. Oh, I think of, I saw pictures of that. Yeah. Because there's an art of book, you know? Yeah. We should own that, probably. I have to. That, 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 um, the art design of that tomb that you go into is like... It's really cool it's looking. It's so cool, man. Um, so... Also very difficult, though. I had a hard time maneuvering around. I was like, I don't know how to uh, do this, and I, I got very think, upset. I don't think you're the only one that yeah. had a hard time. Maybe. Um, By the also, way. a little interesting of note, this planet is in the Kaldar Trinary System. That's a cool name. Cool, cool word. So it's a trinary, like, star arrangement. So you've got two stars orbiting each other, and then a third star. This is real life, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, a trinary uh, system is two stars orbiting each other, and then another one orbiting the pair that yeah. are orbiting each other. Crazy. Crazy that that actually exists. It is crazy. <laughs> it's and like, what? Um, I actually wrote this down. I have no idea why, but... Astrophysics is literally the coolest thing. This ensures that the system is stable since if the inner and outer orbits were the same size, one of the stars would eventually be ejected from the system. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the case of HR 6819, which is like the real Mm -hmm. life example, Mm -hmm. one of the two visible stars orbits an invisible object every 40 days while the other visible star orbits farther away. 
By studying the orbit of the star in the inner pair, the team was able to infer the black hole's presence mm -hmm. and also calculate its mass. An, an invisible object with a mass at least four times that of the sun <sighs> can only be a black hole. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Space is cool. Dude. The, I mean, like, the, <laughs> well, the, they say it's invisible. So it's a black hole. Yeah. There's yeah, so eventually. Not right? only is it a trinary star system, which is crazy, My goodness. there's a black hole, too. That's crazy, man. But, no, like, I was going to say when you said invisible object, you know that stars can turn invisible to mm. our uh, naked eye? No, I didn't. Yeah, they, they actually, because they're made of, like, pure energy, basically. Like, they're they're basically just energy that's, like, collapsed because of gravity. That's basically all that stars are, you know, the gas and energy. And um, when a star... Basically, stars go through two processes. They either they either grow into a red giant and then collapse into nothing, basically, or they or they grow beyond a red giant and then collapse really fast, and that's how you make a black hole, basically. Cool. Um, yeah, and but in the first case, when it like just doesn't become a black hole and just kind of dies, it has to burn out, right? Like mm -hmm. obviously, that's how it dies. So when it burns out. Eventually, so it goes from like hot red, right? Super giants are red, burns down into, um, goes back through like yellow, eventually becomes like bluish when it starts to cool down, right? And then it starts to turn infrared. Oh. So you start to like, you start to, or no, wait, I might, I might have that backwards. Sorry. I think it turns into red and then it goes into infrared maybe, but eventually it becomes invisible because of the fact that the light is so. We can't see it. We can't see it. Which They're called brown stars because you can't, you literally, they're invisible unless you use specific technology to look at them, which is like so crazy to think of that. Next week on astrophysics talk. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's an interesting fact. Interesting fact. Our sun is that kind of star. So it will technically be, become invisible. Cool. It's not going to become a black hole. Everyone's always like talking about, oh my God, like one day it's, it's not. It's going to fade away, literally. It's going to fade away. Wow. Yeah. Which is interesting because like, I don't know if, I don't know if that means that it's not going to have enough strength anymore to keep everything in its gravitational orbit. I don't know what that, I don't know if that's. We're just going to get flung out. We're well, maybe like. Flung into space. I read something. I read something somewhere that said that the earth is was off its axis oh yeah i saw that too slightly yeah, yeah. like the gravitational or the polar axis was kind of wonky mm, i don't like that uh, yeah. i do not <laughs> like that that is scary like what if all of a sudden like everyone just started floating <laughs> that'd be weird the world would end like literally we wouldn't know what to do no the actually. world would end actually yeah yeah like it would be terrifying but like yeah that's that's i think that's i think that's right i'm pretty i'm pretty sure like there's I'm pretty sure it grows and then it shrinks either way, except there's this other version that gets too big and then it's like, it like reverts, inverts basically into a black hole. That's what it is. Nifty. It's basically an inversion of a whole ball of energy. It's crazy talk. It's so cool. So anyway, anyway yeah. Kaldar. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Star Wars anymore. Kaldar <laughs> is a dead planet. Yeah. My they classic get there. rant, by the way, that's that's the rant. I today, know, so I know. Now. I get a plus ten minutes because of that rant. You yeah, owe me. Technically, we have like thirty minutes. You left, owe so me ten minutes. Let's get going. Okay, Caldar's a dead planet. When they get there, it's destroyed. It's raised. It's basically ash and dead trees. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna confirm that I'm right about that. Um, now can you please discuss this with me though? I will. I'm just looking it up. I want you. Remember how we used to talk about dead planets all the time? Yeah. And kind of what they represent. Yes. Sometimes, and I'm not talking about like Tatooine because now we know Tatooine actually used to be covered in water, which is different. This is a really, really dead planet, and so many things are pointing to foreseeness in this episode, in my opinion. Even though they're not coming right out and saying forciness, lots of things are implying it. Like, you know, Omega. First of all, I you know what I think Omega is probably force sensitive, and she found the the uh, compass. And throughout this whole episode, she seems to know what to do to get into this place. Yeah, true. true. Just intuitively, it's a lot of intuitive stuff going on with her. And let's not forget, can I just make everyone remember, this was the girl who had an actual jewel (laughs) in the middle of her forehead for the first how many episodes we knew her. Third eye. I mean, I'm sorry. Okay, hold up, hold up. Fact check. I was a little off. So basically, so there's the nebula first. I gotta correct myself. I don't want to be wrong. All right, all right. So so there's there's the stellar nebula, which is basically like a bunch of gas that has no... You know what a nebula is, mm-hmm. right? And so either, depending on the mass in this nebula, it can become an average star, which is what our sun is, or it can become a massive star. So in the case of our sun, I'll just talk about that. So the average star grows. It expands its outer shell because it starts... The uh, the energy is lost over time, you know? And it becomes a red giant, which we, you know, everyone talks about red giants. And then it continues and kind of starts losing like its center of gravity basically so then it becomes a nebula again with a core to it so it's kind of like you know and then that nebulous energy kind of goes away and the core is all that's left and that's what a white dwarf is which we also talk about and then the white dwarf burns out who's this we <laughs> that's i guess astrophysics people. but then the white dwarf burns out and it turns into a brown dwarf and that's where Thank you start you. to not be able to see it. Thank but God the, you clarified that. In the that. other case, you have the massive star, which is kind of a weird color. It's like periwinkle. It's kind of weird. And then it becomes a red supergiant, which that's when it's like it grows, but it's not losing mass. It's like it's gaining more energy. So that becomes a supernova when it blows up, basically. And then it can either become a neutron star, which is the star that like spins an infinite rate and like it's so dense that light actually escapes out of the poles of the star which is crazy or that's when it becomes a black hole there we go thank you boom <laughs> boom anyway what were we talking about uh star wars um <laughs> stop it sit up um fee we're talking about fee and we're talking about omega whatever um anyway star talk star talk <laughs> Anyway, I think I've made my point about Omega. She's just very, she's yeah, a yeah, little sorry. bit too intuitive to yeah. just be like not some sort of forciness going on with her, especially in a Zepho created, in my opinion. <laughs> um, it's not your opinion, it's my opinion. I mean, it's my opinion too. What do you mean? You stealing my thunder? No, I'm the one that texted you <laughs> oh, that yeah, you were going to yeah. love this because it was, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Um, what the? Get your feet out of anyway, here. Anyway, Fee's cool. She's fun. She has a blade. She has oh, yeah. one of those piratey looking 
gun blasters. Oh yeah, is that what you texted me? Yeah, like, I couldn't remember what, what those, those were called. called. Uh, I still can't remember. But I'll um, think for a second, I'll probably get it. Um, yeah, and it, this is where the score just goes off um, when they're trying to get into this place, and um, Fee recognizes it finally as Scaranol, which is a an, a legend among the piratey types. And that there is a thing inside called the Heart of the Mountain. Very Rebels. Very, apparently, J.R. Tolkien. Oh, oh yeah. Apparently, totally, there, totally, 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 there was actually totally. a thing called the of Heart of the Mountain. Of course, dude. In some I'm book. so stupid. Sorry, I'm not a Tolkien person. I'm so stupid. I don't know which book, but I, I did hear a couple people say there's... It's actually the same thing. Yeah, it's dude. Called the same oh my thing. god, I can't. Oh my god, it's I like totally a forgot. big stone or something. Yeah, wow. But anyway, um, also Indiana Jones still. But w- here's my big theory. My big theory is fee. There's red flags. Okay, is she delightful? Yes, she is delightful. Is she very winsome? Yes. Omega, this whole episode is repeating words that she says. Doing this, like there's that one part where they're on their way to um, Kaldar and they both have their, like, they both have their feet up on something and they're talking about all of her adventures. She's just a copycat. And bro. and Hunter is just like rolling his eyes and he's getting jealous. Like he's literally <laughs> yeah. getting jealous that, that his kid is admiring someone other than him because she used to do this to him, you that's know, true. initially when they, when she first met him. And yeah, that's funny. He getting a little jealous. Um, okay. Her name is Fee, which is the golden ratio, as you have said before. In the Greek letter is the golden ratio. Facts. Um, everybody eventually likes her. Like, they get there and Wrecker and Tech are like, okay, this, this is kind of fun. Let's go do this. Somebody calls her a pirate. Or somebody says something about her um, stealing treasure, and she's like, no, no, no. Liberating treasure. (laughs) That's good stuff. Um, Treasure hunter. She calls herself a treasure hunter, not a pirate. A liberator of ancient wonders. She corrects people from calling her a pirate and like a thief or anything. She doesn't like those terms. She she changes it to be with a more positive spin. And I mean, she doesn't seem like she steals. That's not stealing what she was doing. It is stealing what she was doing. Yes, but they're all dead. Whoever those. It people doesn't are. matter. It's still mm-hmm. taking what does not belong to you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And notice that the one thing that Omega did take that she found. It Fee literally says the the it's reclaiming it. The mountains reclaiming yeah, it yeah. because it belongs here. So she's not taking anything, actually. It's Fee that's the one that's... She's talking about stealing a pearl. She's talking about stealing a diadem. She's talking about stealing a chalice and this thing. She is Long John Silver from Treasure Island. Yeah, I don't... See, this is where you lose me. I don't know who that is at all. Long John Silver. I'm uneducated about that. Okay. Treasure or Treasure Planet. Okay. <laughs> Which is underrated Disney movie, by the way. <laughs> so is Atlantis. Go watch Atlantis. Uh, Atlantis is fire. Atlantis, I like a little less than Treasure Planet, but they're I mean, both but, yeah, decent. I mean, you can't compare. They're both honestly. decent, but Treasure Planet is having to come back because it's an anniversary year, I think, or last oh, year cool. was. Cool. Yeah. And anyway, so in Treasure Island and Treasure Planet, you have Long John Silver, who is a pirate, 
he's kind of the character that gave us the whole pirate image. Oh, cool. The peg leg, the parrot, oh, yeah. the parrot on the shoulder. Like, the, all of that is Long John Silver. And his little buddy, his little protege, Jim Hawkins, um, is like, oh, my God, you're the coolest dude ever. You are just, you're, you're amazing. Like, you go on all these adventures. And, and he really likes him. Like, people like Long John Silver because he's like a scallywag. He's like, a, you know. <laughs> Fun. He's fun. But is that an actual word people used to use? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You think so? <laughs> yes, it is. No it's a way. real word. It's a anyway, word. Anyway, Long John Silver ends up uh, betraying his trust, Jim's trust. Oh. Like, he, he, his ethics are all over the place. He really doesn't have a moral compass. All he cares about is stealing treasure getting treasure that's it and he will stab you in the back if you are working against him it's just it's just that simple so as much as people are like loving this character and i think i think fee's a great character too i think that's where we're going i think it's going to be a reversal of what they're leading you to believe they're leading you to believe that sid is the one that's gonna be the traitor but I think it's going to be Fee. She knows too much. She's demonstrated in this episode, even. Like her skills. At... That she was going to take that thing. And, and Hunter's one of them said, like, you got to put it back. You got to put it back. And she's literally <laughs> hugging it to her chest and giving them a dirty look. Like, no, no, it's the treasure. That's why we're here. She kept saying that. But that's why we're here. We're here to get the treasure. And the last little tidbit is fee being the golden ratio. Long John Silver, gold, silver, gold, oh. silver. Oh. It's a comparison. That's a reach. <laughs> I don't think it really is, <laughs> I to think be honest. That's a reach. I think it's a reach. I I don't know about that. Yeah. But anyways. Well, I mean, it's it's the fact that there's like a centerpiece to this big thing. You know, the golden ratio is all about like the center. Oh, Spir- well, spiraling down. Oh, into the I didn't even think about that. Yeah. By the way, you ever think about the fact that every time you see a golden ratio, like the actual golden ratio, you know, you're only looking at like a snapshot of an infinite spiral. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. I mean, that's the whole point, right? It's the fact that it's like also it's the largest view you're having at the moment, but it also is kind of potentially the smallest view in the entire thing. It's like it's a crazy concept. That is so cool. Yeah, Golden Ratio is really fascinating. So fascinating. Like, I realized that. You know, you want to know when I realized that that's the case? Mm. I realized that playing a video game. I don't remember what game I was playing, but I was sitting there playing a game. I'm like, oh my god, dude. And I call my roommate into the, my room, and I'm like, we and we talked for like two and a half hours <laughs> about this idea. Like, oh my god, dude. Like, everything we're seeing is just like a snapshot of the biggest picture. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a whole universe, man. There's a whole universe. It's crazy. There's a whole universe. You don't think about that. You don't. You'd be insane. You'd go insane. All right, I have have a question for you to think about. Who built all these booby traps and why? Who put together all these puzzles and why? But why? Because they don't want people coming in. Do you think it's like a security system? Because they know that this is a super awful weapon. I do. And so they bury it in a mountain. I do. Um, Well, I think, I don't think they buried it in a mountain. I think a mountain formed over it potentially oh hmm. 
Hmm, I didn't think about that. How would they bury it in a mountain? <laughs> They're Zeppo. They can do whatever they want. I don't think they would do that. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think that they... Hmm. No, I don't think so. I think the mountain probably formed. Because like I said, they're very old people. Well, and then there's the, the, the weird beastie thing that keeps attacking them. Yeah, true. Which has been bothering me, to be honest. Like, the, the animals? What is the point of that thing? Like, literally, what is the point? Oh. Um, because they don't really need it. If they, if they needed, like, a creature to be causing them trouble, there could have been a creature inside the machine somewhere as one of the traps or something like that. But this thing comes from the outside. Yeah. It's almost like a guard dog. Yeah. Sure. On the outside. And there's only the one. It's not you like don't there's, like... like that? No, no, no. I'm just saying it's, it was, like, I've been thinking about it and thinking about oh. it. Like, what is the point? That thing didn't need to be there. Like I said, they could have had robots or something or creatures that attack well, it them inside. Them. It, I know, but I'm saying they could have had something inside the mountain, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. they could have had one of those sentinel guardians pop up. Uh, or anything. That yeah, they could have had anything like that. Yeah. Um, but no, they have this organic creature from the outside. Mm-hmm. It's almost like either it's a guard dog or it's just like warning them basically like to get get out. You don't want to be in here. Mm. Um, Interesting thought. And I think it plays into the larger metaphor of this episode and the um, the big mech thing and the heart of the mountain. It's like this is, I keep trying to like make this succinct but it's like the theme of all of these episodes is the same. They yeah. keep trying to acquire and take either, you know, a war chest that doesn't belong to them rightly or this treasure that doesn't belong to them rightly. They even can't win the money in the race because they just, um, they win, um, Sid's freedom instead. They don't win actual credits or anything. So that is one time where they do come out ahead, but they still don't get anything. You know, they don't, they're not getting rich. They're not acquiring wealth in any of this. And it just feels like to me, like, that's the point. Who, like in the next episode, who is taking all the natural resources? It's the villains, it's the Empire, it's the Trandoshans. These guys are learning over and over and over again that that is dark side stuff. That's no good. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just waltz in like Fee does and take stuff. Yeah. And yeah, like, she would have taken it if it hadn't turned out to be a giant weapon. She would have taken it. True. But it is a giant weapon. And it does destroy everything. And so does the dark side destroy everything. And I think that's kind of the whole, the whole, um, I guess it's an allegory. Oh, the other thing that was cool is when the inside of the mech lights up. Yeah. What's it look like? World between worlds. World right? between worlds. I mean, I'm sure you think I'm just like reading too far into these things, but... <laughs> It seems like to me they're not going to make four episodes in a row all of all the same lesson. They're each teaching the same lesson that you need to be empathetic and you need to have compassion um, and help, you know, like 
tech, not tech. Why do I always get them, their names mixed up? Echo. Echo keeps saying, we, sh- we need to be doing more. We need to be helping. And Love what of Echo, by the way. And what, what are we doing? We're running around stealing treasure, stealing more chests. Uh, He's always been the one who's been like ahead of the game. Yeah. Regarding morals. Yeah. He's like the ethical center of the group. Omega's their, their empath. And, you know, that's her place. And she's very intuitive and, and whatnot and so forth. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the... Pr- I am never going to use the word filler ever mm. on a show like this because I don't think that exists they don't work that way there's no there's no i I don't i've never seen i've never there's never been a filler as far as i'm concerned me neither i don't remember ever seeing something that's a filler except maybe episode nine me well literally that's the only thing i can think of we don't talk about bruno i'm just saying um i'm just saying it's all of these have been very like you said before one's a comedy episode pretty much yep this is an adventure episode. One's like a military episode. One's a comedy episode. One's an adventure episode. And one's a sci-fi episode. Moving into um, next one is kind of like a tribe is just a very kind of it's a very emotion it's emotional it's emotional yeah I got I got emotional during tribe like really it's did. very last Jedi like so I guess the point I'm trying to make is the whole metaphor of this episode is that. The dark side is taking. Like, it's not going to work. Whatever they're doing, and they're trying to get this, take this easy path. Like, you know, I think it was Yoda that said the dark side is the easy path. Yeah. And it's it not working out for them. Um, and also, I do think it's kind of a, a metaphor for the Empire because as we... Um, no, the Empire is destroyed from the inside. Yeah. It's an inside job. Vader tosses palps and that's the end of it. And that's an inside job. So is he the heart of the mountain? Colin, discuss. Who? Vader. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what? I got there very quickly and you were paying attention. <laughs> so you didn't hear my speech. I'm sorry. I would, Yeah, I'm sorry. I would the emails. But, um... The empire is going to be destroyed from within. And only one person can unlock that. Just like the heart of the mountain oh. unlocked, um, started the engine and killed it. Like at the same, it was, it did both. So did Vader. I like that. <laughs> He's making that face people make when they're like, nasty, oh, nasty mm, thoughts. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. I don't know if they thought that. I don't know either, but I... That one's one of those. I was like, pretty happy when I thought about yeah, that. Yeah, that's really... That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because it's an odd thing to call that stone the heart of the mountain. You know? It's just a little odd. I guess, yeah. The word heart is a little weird. Considering what it actually does. Yeah, right. It's True. a key. It's not, it is. It, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It seemed... It just... I don't know. That's what happens when you think about... A 23-minute kids episode do you for think a week. That, do you think that object was a 4C kind of... It looked kind of 4C, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. That's why I'm like, it it's got to be Zepho, dude. It's got to be Zepho. Like, those are the only dudes who would, like, know how to, like, create technology infused mm-hmm. with the Force. That's what they were all about. 
Yeah. That's how those, like, robots function. They function because they're, like, infused with this, like, wind. Yeah. Um, um, like, energy of some kind. Oh, oh, oh. I almost forgot. The one, another red flag about Fee is that she does not care when her droid gets destroyed. True, true. That was weird. And Marie Claire Gould, again, trying to hear her out again, has taught me <laughs> in Star Wars how a person treats their droid is indicative of their moral their moral compass. Facts. I get that. I get that. I mean, yeah, you see that with... Actually, well... Oh, yeah, totally. Well... Hmm. Is there anyone who treats their droids badly? Why can't I think of anyone who yeah, treats but, their droids Yeah, well, badly? I mean, like... Th- there are the Empire. They don't I mean, care at all but, about but, their I mean, droids. Okay, no, I know. But I, I'm not talking about like a main character. Oh. um, I mean, Grievous is not very nice to droids, and he's part droid. But That's it, true. But when they call him like, names and stuff, or they're, they're just, like, rude yeah. to them. Okay. Or, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, it, or just literally don't care if they get destroyed. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. I got his... I've got... Um, their memories stored on the ship. I can just make a make a new one. No, no, you can't. Um, not true. I'm sorry, but isn't that like what battle droids are? Like we true. don't. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, because it really sat wrong with me. Because basically, you could say that about clones. Right. We'll just make a new one. That's what the Empire thinks about clones right now. So time will tell whether I'm right about Sid or I'm right about Feed. I'm probably not because I'm never right about these things, but I just feel like... That's true. You're it, never right. It's playing You're out. You're never right. You're always <laughs> wrong. But I do have in my back pocket that Marie Claire agrees that Sid is a crone and not a bad person. And yeah. you're going to actually um, help them in the end. Mm. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Episode six, Tribe. Written by Stuart Lee, directed by Matt Mishnevitz. He's everywhere. Called Quest. Wait, did I get it backwards? Was he the writer? I, mean, I probably, think I, I think yeah. I wrote that backwards. Yeah. Because Stuart Lee usually directs. Matt Mishnevitz. Did you hear my writes. joke? No. What did you say? I said Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vanguard Axis is the name of your new band. Whenever you have a new band, it's pretty dope. Vanguard Axis. It's pretty dope. It doesn't mean anything. No. <laughs> like, it really it doesn't, doesn't mean anything, but it does sound cool. It does. And if you guys were like a cover band for like, I don't know, what's like a what's like a me- current metal band that's popular? That sounds like you would be a cover band for like a metal band, but not an 80s metal band, like a current metal band. What's that one you listen to? What? That's what Vanguard Axis sounds like. But- a metal The, the band. one I listen to? Yeah, the one that you are like, listen to them. Oh, Galactic Empire? No. <laughs> uh, the one that you just said, you gotta listen to this song. From Doom? No, forget it. Never mind. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me now, look. if now you look. sent me the song, you gotta listen to this, you gotta listen to this, or Star Wars references. Oh, 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 no, that's that hip-hop group? It's hip-hop, remember? I sent you Yeah, but it's like a little bit metal. It's Yeah, it's like it's a little, it's like hard kind of rap, but... Their name could be Vanguard Axis. That would actually fit well. You're floundering. Here, <laughs> you better move on before you embarrass yourself Fine. any further. They're droid crime lords, though. <laughs> which, have we seen evil droids? Like, 
Dude, I was just thinking about when are we going to get the the Afro droids in this stuff. Okay, you know what I'm saying? that, yes. That dude is an evil droid. That's what I want. But this is a whole... No, we have an evil droid in Mandalorian. There was that one bounty, like droid that was with uh, Bill Burr's character. Oh, yeah. Bill Burr's character. It was that episode oh, when they're on that ship and it's right. like alien-ish. I guess, I guess so. But this is like a whole... They're all the same model. Yeah, kind of. of it, it's close to reminding me of Solo, but those I think are dudes. Oh yeah, in well, and it kind of L four. Yeah. A little bit yeah. like that style of droid, but anyway, I thought that was really interesting. Like, no, yeah, wow. that was that wasn't actually. You bring it up, yeah, that was interesting. These are really mean. They're like smuggling. They're buying forged chain codes from tech. Yeah, they're tough dudes. <laughs> um, they are imprisoning Wookies. They're selling Wookies. Like, come on. Off the charts. Oh, that, that, once they start, once you start doing that, yeah. evil. Any, I feel like any race or breed or whatever that purposefully harms the Wookiees, you are the lowest of lowest. low. Low. Right? Low. Yeah. I, I mean, even worse than Palps when he was like hunting down the kids that were forced into it. I feel like, <laughs> okay. I feel like hurting Wookiees is even worse than that. Oh, yeah, they're like dogs. Like, why are you hurting dogs? Sentient Sad. dogs. Yeah. Jedi dogs. Like, yeah. anyway. Um, oh, hey. Surprise, surprise. Yo, hold on. What? <laughs> this is funny. So I'm on, so I'm on, like, for, this is totally off topic, but this is hilarious. Oh, my this God. This is really quick. It's really quick. Don't waste my time. Okay. So, so. <laughs> Don't waste my time. My boss, I, my, I'm, I work for the stage crew at the song, at the School of Music, mm-hmm. and my boss, and we use Microsoft Teams. And my boss just said, anybody want to work a shift on Sunday working parking with the front of house team? Pretty easy job that involves mainly standing, sitting in place, but cycles outside in the cold for 15 to 20 minutes every hour. And a dude responded and he's like, I want to do this in one message. (laughs) And that's all he said. And then the next message he said, can wear my ski pants. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? That's smart thinking. Yeah, but That's why did he say thinking. it like that? <laughs> can wear my sweet. No, he literally just says, I want to do this <laughs> with no period. And then the next message. Can wear my sweet pants. Can pants. wear my ski pants? Question mark. <laughs> Granted, he's from Norway, so he probably just typoed. <laughs> That's the dude I want to get for beers. Oh, perfect. It's so funny. Oh my God, that was funny. All right. I thank, told you it was worth it. Thank you for the comedy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> to my boss, too. He literally texted. <laughs> Everyone sees that. It's like a hundred people who see that. <laughs> It's insane. Uh, anyway, big surprise. Omega senses something is off about this place because she's a freaking Jedi. Um, yeah. Not a Jedi, but force sensitive. And she's FO. Here's some noises and investigates, and it is our guy, Gunji. Gunji. He's here. Is in the house. He's arrived. I actually went back and watched. The arc from the Clone Wars last night with the little younglings finding their kyber crystals and all of that. And he's one of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's way back. His snaggletooth. Yeah. How dare these people touch a hair on his head, but also his snaggletooth. <laughs> it's so freaking cute. But I th- also. He's so, so cute. Yeah. Um, also, hot take, Gunji's oh, lightsaber is the coolest lightsaber discuss what is cool about it um everything it's green right no it's wood that's the light the saber i'm talking about the hilt 
Oh. The hilt. I, I honestly didn't pay close enough attention oh, to the hilt. buddy. It's in that, but it's in the old, here, 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 here. You know what? I saved a freaking gif of it because oh my God. I was like, okay. this is actually the coolest lightsaber hilt. I'm, no. I'm, n- no. Absolutely no, false. No, no, no. Look Absolutely at that. First false. of all, it looks like a flute. Second of all, it's wood. That is pretty cool. With messy. That's nice. That's sleek. And That's some sleek stuff. It's wood because he's a Wookiee. I know. I, I get it. Because the cool. trees and the whole thing with the trees yeah, now. Cool. And it's cool. Good. It's definitely cool. So Galaxy's Edge, sell Gunji's health <laughs> challenge. No way. I'm challenging you right now. There's no way. Imagine you're at the counter and you see Gunji. I... <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's like, what? I would buy that hilt in I mean, it'd be cool. one second. It's probably flat. pretty light, too. It's probably pretty small. I mean, it's metal on the inside. They, because I, I, like I said, I watched this. The Gathering is the name of that episode. Where and he finding... built this? You see it? I don't think he actually finally puts it together in that episode, but it's during the arc. And so it's metal on the inside and the wood casing is on the outside. Yeah, that's cool. But it looks like it looks like a musical instrument. It's it got that does. really cool little thing right there. I'm like, ah. They can't see it. But I think yeah. it's probably look it up. Look up Gunji's hilt and you will agree. <laughs> What's cooler than that? And don't say Calcastus. <laughs> hey. Do not say Calcastus. You Why, are just bro? As, because you are a simp for that lightsaber simply because it can be orange. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Of course. But the one that they sold at Galaxy's Edge is not orange. Which is lame. I'm very mad about that. <laughs> Which is lame. That is so dumb. Why they would not do that? Actually, I mean, granted, they did put it in like a special edition game, so not everyone had it. But like, that's why it's not the coolest. I guess, yeah. The hilt but, doesn't but change. In that game, you can change. It's not just orange. You can do, like, indigo. You can do purple. But, indigo is kind of cool. But the hilt doesn't change. The hilt no. is not as cool as Gunji's Well, actually, hilt. false. You can do doubles. Double, dual. Oh, that is true. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Whatever. Well, this yeah. is a debate for another day. Yeah. We're, someday we're going to have a knockdown drag out about best hilts. I mean, we all know the best one, though, is from Visions with the umbrella. Well, so that's the best one. I mean, oh, we God. might have to exclude visions because it's visions. No. That's ca- isn't it canon? No, not really. Well, okay, I take it. Nothing back. has been done that can't Ronin, be canon. Ronan is because I think there's actually a, a novel. <sighs> I don't know Dude. though. It's like it's, it's like it's like canon adjacent. Are we getting really more think... of that character? Are we? I don't know. Oh my God. Dude, visions s- too. I would have to look and see which <gasps> studio made that and see if that, they're True. on the poster. For oh, like why have we not two. done that? Get on that. <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so rude. Anyway, the Vanguard. On, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Vanguard Axis um, were trying to sell Gunji. <laughs> cap. Die in a fire. <laughs> Absolute cap. Um, so they... they Okay, of course, Omega finds him being abused, and she does not hesitate for one second, even though there's a bunch of them, and there's only one of her. She And, she, you know, her and uh, Gunji are now best friends. Best friends. Best friends. Forever. Woo. Um, they rescue Gunji. Thank goodness. He gets his lightsaber back, which, okay, here's the thing that I'm not sure about. I find it out in this episode that at no time... Does Omega go, what is going on with Gunji? What is that thing that he has? And why is he able to, like, move objects in midair and flip through the air and do all this stuff? Like, she doesn't have any questions about that? 
Hello. <laughs> she doesn't have any questions about that. Yeah, that's kind of weird, actually. She's constantly asking questions hmm. when she sees stuff she doesn't understand. So I don't know if that was just kind of, am I wrong? Like, has she met Jedi before? And I just forgot. I don't know. Or is that just like a, oops, we kind of didn't address that? That is a good point. In the story? Mm. Or is it that she's force sensitive and she already knows? <laughs> I think C. But no. Actually, I think maybe they just kind of. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there is a scene and it got cut or something. I don't know. Huh. Um, I don't know. I actually don't know. But we get to, uh, they they decide, okay, well, we're going to take him back to Kashyyyk. He wants to go back to Kashyyyk because he really has nowhere else to go. And um, they go there and they're walking through, they're, they're heading towards the village and they're walking through the trees and there's all these webs up in the trees. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Star Wars spiders. Yeah. Star Wars spiders. God, I'm yelling so much, huh? Anytime there are Star Wars spiders, in my opinion, it is a metaphor for the balance of the force. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go in the other room and blow my nose really quick. <laughs> I'm going to mute my mic. <laughs> but keep talking. I'm literally right here. <laughs> keep talking. Go. Someone please help me. No. <laughs> Save me from this no. keep going. trial Stop. of torture. Um, okay, so they these are Kinrath, and they are they were first. I've been told I did not know this, but they were in uh, Knights of the Old Republic, and um, interestingly, they were going to appear in an episode of the Clone Wars, um, but that's the season that they never got to make because it got canceled. Okay, this is really cool. So there are elements of this episode that are all from uh, earlier ideas from back when, you know, they were, George was still involved with the Clone Wars and and him and Filoni were basically running the show. Um, I had remembered after watching this episode from being at the 10th anniversary Clone Wars panel at San Diego Comic-Con in 2018. Dang. Because Filoni was showing artwork that uh, he, you know, up up on a screen. You remembered this? I remembered that there was a piece of artwork. Crazy, man. There was a piece of artwork with a Wookiee with his hand on a tree, like down, like kneeling and meditating. Oh, wow. And I was like, Oh my God. Deep cut. I remember that. Deep cut. So after the episode, I went on YouTube. I watched that panel. I found that part of the panel. And sure enough, dude, what the heck? (laughs) Sure enough, that was there. And it was supposed to be, there was, there was going to be this. That must have hit you hard when you saw that video. Oh my God. I was like, how do I know this? Where where are we? No, I'm saying when you saw it the first time, it was like, oh, that panel. Deeply implanted itself in your brain. That panel was crazy. Top five convention moments of my life that was when they announced that the clone wars was coming back the first oh for the first time yeah oh so i wasn't there tough yeah i was really sad that you weren't there (sighs) but no that was good time and i had not heard the apparently people had heard the rumor that they were going to announce it at this panel i didn't hear anything about that 
at all. So I was literally shocked and in tears and everyone was sobbing and it was great. What's the top five? So is it that one? Is it uh... Force Awakens 2015? I was not there as well. Nope. Well, you've only been to Comic-Con once and it was... Oh, it was Comic-Con too? You were a little... Dang. Um, Definitely that. That one? Really? Oh, oh, that's oh, number of course, one. Of course, of course, of course. I'm stupid. My, that, my... <laughs> yeah, that's number one. That's crazy. Uh, well, you know, that's a good topic. Well, we should do a... Well, no, that's two. Keep going. There's three left. Right. Um, J-Dubs, come on. J-Dubs at Celebration. Come on, dude. Um, Oh, my God. I know there's more. They might not be Star Wars related, though. Last Jedi? I mean, that was... I don't know. I'd have to think about the other two. Actually, the Mandalorian panel was pretty cool. Well, some of us didn't get to go, so I wouldn't know. There was a legit, the man wore the image from 2001 with the monkey throwing the bone in the air, literally, on his shirt. I mean, that is pretty cool. So dope. Um, I don't know. This is, I've been I, to uh, so to, many conventions. Dude, to be honest, the, la- the the Rise of Skywalker was really cool. That was a fun panel. That was a good experience that being in the panel. hall. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. That was cool. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to think about the other two, but. Those are top the top three at least. Um, so anyway, during that oh. panel, well, the fortieth anniversary. Oh no, that was with J Dubs. Yeah. Oh, anyway. At that panel, um, Coloni, Coloni, Filoni said George had this thing on Kashyyyk where when the Wookies were going to have this big battle in the forest, he had Tarful go and talk, basically meditate and talk to the trees, and they were going to grant permission to have this big battle in the trees. <gasps> And the clones were like, what? Whoa. <laughs> and everybody laughed. <laughs> Whoa. And um, so cool. that they just, you know, repurposed that whole thing for this, mm. which I I like this better, actually, no, this the way dope. that they did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then from a, um, uh, what am I trying to say? A Star Wars celebration panel in 2015, the Untold Clone Wars panel. And I wasn't at that convention because that was the one in Anaheim that we didn't go to. And mm. I was really mad that we didn't. <laughs> but um, he was doing the same thing. He was kind of showing artwork that didn't get used <clears throat> for the Clone Wars. And, you know, those big, like, monkey things that the Wookiees are riding in this, which, by the way, I freaking love. And what are their names? Yeah, so that are... I can buy one. <laughs> Um, he talked about that and he said, George had this idea that the Wookiees knew these giant tree spirits. And so I sketched this for him and it's a a picture of that monkey thing. And then you see the little yellow post-it on there and you can see, like, you can tell over the thing's face is a post-it note. It's because he didn't like the first head I drew for it. So I put a post-it on it and redrew it and he liked that one much better. But the Wookiees could kind of summon these giant tree gods and ride them. But it was a very kind of religious thing for them. They didn't like to do it. Hmm. They didn't like to take them necessarily into battle. Yeah. It was a kind of benevolent way of looking at their existence with nature, really. Yeah, so fire. <laughs> fire. <laughs> they kind of took these two drawings and made, them. made a whole really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad Batch episode out of yeah. it and reset it for, you know, the Imperial War instead of the Clone War, which, True. like, well done. So in the Clone Wars, were they going to be fighting droids or something? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I know there is, Weird. and the those spider things are in, are in it, we're going to be in it too. Gotcha. And then that version, they were bad, like they got killed. 
like, yeah. like the the Bad Batch nah. code. Nah, yeah. you can't do that. Nah, no, see? <laughs> because now me. spiders equal balance. Yeah. So you can't be killing the spiders. Too late. Sorry. Only but big the- crabs, though? kill those <laughs> big crabs no problem. crustacean we don't we're not here for those <laughs> no 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 they're not they're not balanced <laughs> yeah. um okay so we have this is just really really trash the empire have hired trandoshans to deforest kashik burn their relics for really no reason hmm. what are those rocks hurting like they're not doing anything they just want to break the morale of the of the mm. wookie so they're yeah. destroying their they're not only destroying their trees, which are basically gods to them, um, but they're like artwork and, and relics and culture. Yeah. In other words. Um, and they're trying to enslave them. Like, <laughs> I Can't mean, leave them alone. The, uh, literally, this couldn't be more of a um, parallel for indigenous people. Like, it just is. Yeah. It just totally is. And we saw some of that in Andor too, like yep. big time parallels. Oh yeah. Um, but poor Gunji, he gets taken to Kashyyyk and he says he does remember Kashyyyk from his dreams. And that's his only memory of, of his home because guess what? The Jedi came in and took him when he was a baby. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that. Yeah. I mean, it's How bad that is. Insane. Um, and so we meet Yana who is... The leader, um, she's an older, I would assume, female character. She seems ladylike. Yeah. Lady Wookiee-like. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And is leading this little group of Wookiees trying to get away from the Trandoshans and the Empire. And they say they keep retreating deeper and deeper into the woods because they're burning up the trees and, and all of their homes. And she says that, you know... She will, she will, oh, that was so cool. Like when they're like, she goes and bows her head to, and then, um, Gunji like is like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, well that's how we do this. And then he like does this. Oh, this is so good. It was yeah. so sweet. But she said, even though he doesn't belong to her tribe, he's still going to take him in. Obviously, because the Wookiees do no wrong. They're homies, bro. Ever. They are homies to oh, everyone. And I just, for, I, oh, 10%. I just forgot about black Kristanson just for a minute. Oh that yeah, he exists. Oh yeah. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> maybe they're not all. My wiki, my wiki husband. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think again, we've got the light side, which is always aligned with nature and trees, and then there's the Kinraths, who, in my opinion, stand for balance, and the Wookies are communicating with each other, um, and the trees and the Kinraths, like it's a whole the ecosystem cycle of communication and re- reverence it is kind of ecosystem it is kind of an ecosystem yeah very much so Boom. and then you've got the dark side being represented of course by the empire and the trandoshans destruction consumption bad news all bad all sure. bad vibes yeah um oh and just side note they are showing us how most trandoshans are actually trash <laughs> yeah yeah, they're pretty bad. To maybe compare with Sid later. Yeah. And how far she's come. So. Um, okay, so Yana warn- actually um, warns the Bad Batch to leave because there's a convoy of imp- of the of Imperial soldiers and Trandoshans coming. So she's like, you you better get out of here. And, of course, Echo's, like, makes his speech of the episode 
the Wookiees were our allies for years. We have to help. And Hunter this time does not resist. Yeah. And he says, we'll stay and help you. You don't have to do this alone. Like, boy is learning. Yeah. Boy is learning. Yeah. And, you know, he's having a transformation too. Yeah, definitely. So, um, like I was talking about before, Yana and the other Wookiees go outside and they put their hands on the tree trunks and meditate. And Gunji watches this and is like, oh, this is this is how we operate. So, I'm going to do that too. And um, it turns out that they're asking the trees for help and omega says they talk to the trees and um i think it's echo no it's tech that says they believe this planet belongs to the trees and they are allies in this fight and gunji says the trees have a plan and hunter says whatever they say (laughs) (laughs) so this whole thing is really cool because they're trusting like that might sound a little little weird it kind of sounds like david lynch it's a little, it's a it's little, a little out Lynchian, there. Honestly, it's, you know, it's not your normal bad batch. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, they they usually have the plan, and yeah. then they go with the plan. Yeah, true, but true. They're true. literally listening to the trees. Yeah. Have the plan, which is great. Um, okay, there's this lead um, Trandoshan named Venomore. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, <laughs> it's everything. It's, uh, you know, sometimes the Star Wars and they want more. The, sometimes the Star Wars names are not subtle. Yeah. You don't have to dig. Oh, fee means the golden ratio. No, <laughs> Venomore. Yeah. Um, they have this big battle and this Venomore guy is basically saying they, they figure out that there is, that there is a Wookiee Jedi because they see the slash marks from the lightsaber in a rock or something because they were fighting them before. This guy says a hundred Wookiee pelts to whoever catches the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, if you're Transocean. We think Rampart's bad. Like, Rampart sucks. Rampart's trash. He's pretty bad. But this guy. (laughs) If anybody deserves to be eaten by tree spiders, (laughs) this guy. That's true. That's true. Take him away. Yeah. Eat his eyeballs for dinner. That's fine. By the way. I still think that's going to. 8%. 8%. I just want to let you know. Okay. Why don't you plug it in? I can't. There's no outlet over here. Don't you have... You have them over there, too. How am I supposed uh, to reach Well, too late there? now. All right. I'll talk fast. Yeah. Um. So the plan is the Bad Batch and the Wookiees are riding their monkey-like creature tree god okay. animals that also that come from the trees. Like, they are up in the trees. Crazy. Lorax-type beat. Yeah, they're pretty cool. <laughs> Attack the convoy on the ground and from the trees and lure them into the Kinrath nest. Upon which time, the Wookiees bang on the tree trunks. That was cool. I liked that. To alert touch. the Kinrath. That was dope. Yeah, it was I dope. liked that. The trees had the best plan yeah, seriously. Ever. <laughs> they know what's um, up. And the Kinrafts come down and they attack. And then I, <laughs> then Wrecker always gets the best lines. Guess True. the trees knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. I love that man. Yeah. They did. They did. Oh, and Wrecker, like, imitating the Wookiees and stuff. Oh, yeah, did you notice heck? those little subtle yeah. things that he was doing? Well, I, like, I had the subtitles on, you know? Oh, and, and it, it says, like. said, like, he was, like, Wrecker imitates Wookiees. <laughs> Like what? Oh, and they're <laughs> and they're drinking their homemade like moonshine back yeah, yeah, yeah. in the in the hut and everything. It took me out though when he was imitating the Wookiee. It kind of reminds sense. me of like a parallel. It's like a parallel to episode six a little bit, with like the rebels and the Ewoks. Ah, yeah. Kind of, kind of yeah, felt like yeah, 
they're being i mean i actually think this is done better than that but because you really get into the culture but yeah um still um so it comes down to venomore and gunji head-to-head combat and my dude's got um, a flamethrower well, not for long because Gunji's breaks it. Gunji's chop the real deal. No, he's got point. moves. The real deal. Like when did he become such a badass? I don't know, but um, flipping around and he actually like doesn't take him out. He lets the Kinrath come down and yeah, mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. what they will. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah, he gets him screaming. He got him. It's a lot of screaming. He's out. Transitions yeah. lose. Yes. Um. So we end. With Gunji and Omega meditating side by side at the tree. Yeah. Um, and um, Yana has some very lovely things to say. When a young one leaves, the trees weep. When they return, the trees sing. As this child yes. has found his new home, perhaps one day we will all find a new path. And Hunter says, hopefully one far away from war. Yeah. Lovely. Very nice. Um, so, very nice. Yes. This episode was a very Humdinger. emotional. Humdinger. It was emotional. It was moving. And I guess it has to do with Gunji coming back. Because who doesn't love Snaggletooth? <laughs> He's so cute. Yeah. Um, but again, I think I think the uh, thing that ties all these, what some people are calling filler episodes, but they're not because they are thematically the same. Um, the looting of Sereno, the deforestation of Kashyyyk, the taking of treasure by fee, all of the same thing of taking just. Destroying, consuming, and that is the nature of the dark side. And mm. we do not want that. Yeah. So I think... That sounds um, about right. It's interesting to connect these three. Um, too. Because they don't seem like you can connect them. But they're very... You know? They are very connectable. I know, but they don't... On the surface, they don't right, seem right, like right. that. Other than that, right. Bad Batch is on all three. And my only complaint... And it's not even really a complaint. It's just a question mark. Is why didn't Omega ask questions yeah. about Gunji using the Force? Yeah. That's my only question. Okay. But he was there to remind us, oh, yeah, there are, there, there, the Force exists still, don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> there are Jedi out there still, don't forget. Right, right. Um, all right, so that's my, that is my essay on that matter. <laughs> okay. Two-hour essay on that matter. Yes. Oh, oh, my God, I thought I said two minutes. Oh, I thought I said two hours and 59 minutes. I okay. freak out. So okay. next week, apparently, we get a double episode on the same day, again, just like the premiere. Okay. So I guess it's probably the mid-season, we used to call it the mid-season um, something, mid-season hump or mid-season... We call it that? Like back in the day <laughs> when we when all we did was watch network television, there was always be there would always be like a big mid-season... Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Climax yeah. of some sort and yeah. like a cliffhanger and then you'd have off for a couple of months and then the show would come back. Oh. Um, that's kind of what they're doing, but they're not taking any time off. But we're still getting a mid-season. Man, I miss that. Climax. I miss aired sort. shows. I know. Because that's when like everyone would watch at the same time. Oof. You couldn't beat that. You, you know what, though? That. You know who's do- who knows what they're doing? HBO, always. One yeah. at a time. Yeah. Yeah. One at a time. True. My whole timeline is Last of Us, Last of Us, Last of Us. Yeah. Week after week. Yeah. By the way, watch Last of Us. Okay. It's really incredible. All right, five percent. All right, wrap it up. all right. If you would like to reach out to us, go. I am on Twitter. Go. My personal handle is at Freya Jason. Go, 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 The show handle is at Unknown Reach Pod. Mm. I am on Facebook. Colin is on Instagram. Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I can't remember that. 
Um, and he has a poetry one too, but he won't ever share that one because it's not no more goofy. Um, <laughs> and I think that's it for now. Yeah. We may or may not be able to get together, and we might have to take a couple of weeks off because Colin has a project, and I'm going to be out of town. So, oh, um, maybe it'll yeah. be a couple of weeks before we have another episode. But that's okay. You guys are used to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're used to that. You like the surprise drop. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't like a surprise drop? Yeah, seriously. Uh, well, anyway, hey, Colin. Yo. See you around, kid. Peace. Thank you for listening to Unknown Regions Podcast. The introductory theme for Unknown Regions Podcast was composed by Colin Whitlick and was performed live by a volunteer orchestra. This recording and composition is the intellectual property of Colin Whitlick, but please feel free to hire him for all your compositional needs. He is the composer you're looking for. All the opinions expressed on Unknown Regions Podcast are of a personal nature and in no way reflect that of Disney or Lucasfilm. Thanks again for listening. See you real soon. 